Hello everyone and welcome to a Simpsons filled episode of Zygnus. You got me, Super Califragilisticexpialisingness. <laughs> and you got me, Sherry Bergens. Oh, nice. <laughs> and you got me, uh, Phil Scorpio. Oh, I like it. Um, yes, Phil is actually joining us for an episode where he's not been tortured to watch something. I mean, maybe. I don't know. We have to see his opinion on season eight. But before we get to The Simpsons, Eric, what does our Switch Pro um, update look like? Where, where where are we? What's the news? Tis only a rumor. Okay. Tis only a rumor. Good. Good. We, we are continuing that. But um, we will keep our eyes on Switch Pro Watch. Uh, what about a remake of Chrono Trigger? Uh, well, since as of this recording, Square Enix's thing was just a couple hours ago. Uh, no. All right. Um, now moving to you, Phil. Phil, you had a bone to pick with me. Um, on a on our chat, uh, you can to pick, be more specific. I'm sorry. You, you you can pick the bones with me about the Star Wars thing right now if you'd like, and call me out on podcast i will allow myself to be embarrassed so go oh for my it. god I, I totally messaged you so that i i wouldn't publicly call you out but uh, <laughs> you uh, uh I, I laugh because uh, it's happened a couple of times and i just go oh zinger just mixes these names up uh he calls uh gendy tartakovsky uh darren aronofsky and if you're familiar <laughs> with the movie Mother or the uh, Star Wars Clone Wars micro series, you will know that those are two very different artistic <laughs> visions. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I'm I'm glad I'm them all just in very different ways. I'm glad I'm at least pulling from stuff that exists and just not making up names. So yes, I do do that so thank you for calling me out on that um i i and i allowed you as i said to do it publicly so i can be shamed now for it and i'm sure when well, we the do... favorite thing for me was that what happened in my mind is i pictured that clone wars series as directed by darren aronofsky and it was uh wildly different much darker i you know what yes. we, we got volume two coming up so i'm sure i'll either do better or straight up just do it to annoy you. So we'll no, see what happens. Straight in, man. I would expect nothing less. Awesome. Perfect. All right. So uh, you read the title of the episode. We are discussing The Simpsons, which means that's why Phil's here not to discuss a horrible movie. Um, yay. We are specific, specifically discussing season eight of The Simpsons. And I think we all might agree on this. Maybe the best season of the simpsons that yes. there ever was phil it was uh i this you know this came up a couple weeks ago yeah it did and then i went and looked at what is in season eight i could not believe the iconic episodes mm -hmm. that are all in this mm -hmm. single season it blew me away really all right, so you messaged me. It was like early in the morning. Like I had just gotten up, and I I see this message from you, Papa <laughs> Phil, on Twitter. I'm like, what's what's Phil messaging for me for? You're like, oh my God, this really is a good season. I'm like, I know, right? I can't believe this. Yeah. Well, it was incredible. So, um, this episode, I mean, this this season is filled with accolades, filled with a ton of like award winning, technically award winning episodes, a ton of great cameos. We will go through a lot of them. We're not going to go into Super detail on everything, but I do want to give an overview of a lot of stuff because this season is chocked full of awesome moments. Uh, this season originally ran from... Eric, can you get it off the top of your head? 
Are you looking? I mean, I know it was 96, 97, but I can't remember the dates of, of like the premiere and finale. He is 100% correct. It was 96 to 97, October 27th to May 18th of from 96 to 97. So this um, is, I'm not going to do math off the top of my head, well over 20, 25, almost 25 years ago now, right? Right? Am I doing my math right? Yeah. Uh, yep, yeah. Yep, yep, 25 yep. years. Yeah. And there have, of course, been continuing seasons of The Simpsons. And I know we could have a d- discussion on when The Simpsons dropped off because technically season nine could be that point for some people. I know that the um, principal and the popper is in there. Is that the one yes. where? Yes. Yes. Where we find out Skinner's not really Skinner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All that garbage. Um, so that's a lot of people's jump the shark moment, but I think this season, hands down, there's like, for me in The Simpsons, there's like a high point, and this is where it gets to like the highest point, in my opinion, just for me. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Uh, Phil, I'm going to go with you first for this. So your your overview of The Simpsons in, in, in a real quick, if you can. And I know I'm trying to get 30 years worth down to one like quick bite, so go for it. Oh, I'm I'm a a huge Simpsons fan from the time it pre- I was like the perfect age for for it when it premiered. I was going into high school as it came on TV, and it was it was just like uh, animation that wasn't for kids. That was kind of a newer thing to be mainstream at the time. Um, and this was the this era of the Simpsons. Like I said, I don't know the the season breakdowns so well until I go look at them. But this is that pocket of The Simpsons where they sort of got over their catchphrase era and then it was before they got really weird with some of the continuity stuff like who Skinner is. And mm-hmm. and, and I think this is kind of an era where we start to see them involve the other people in the town more. And that's my beef with a lot of later Simpsons stuff is like it it becomes less about the Simpsons and and just sort of like, oh, let's see what, you know, Reverend Lovejoy's up to for some reason, <laughs> you know, like, um, but no, like I, uh, this era, probably the first 10, 12 years of Simpsons, I, I really hung in and then it was just diminishing returns. But this, this era of it right here is just, it's brilliant. It's, it's. It's that kind of golden age. If we can, it's been on long enough now that we can break it down into ages mm-hmm. <laughs> and eras of the Simpsons. <laughs> and this is really, this is really where it's at right here. So, Eric, give me your quick synopsis as well of your experience with the Simpsons and opinion of season eight going into this discussion. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm like Phil, who was going into high school when the Simpsons series premiered, I was in kindergarten <laughs> and I also, but it was the perfect age for me too, because I feel like that was also the time when they really marketed Bart Simpson towards kids, even oh, though yeah. it was still marketed as an adult show. And I mean, I totally, I was the kid in first grade who had a Bart Simpson t-shirt and you were like so I've cool. said on here before, when we had to write it, where would you go if you could go on the magic school bus? I would, everyone was like, I go to outer space, right? Go to the, the Mars. And I was like, I go to Springfield. Um, that was me. And so season se- when season seven hit, like, and I still love the show. I still love the show. And it was one of those where I was still, I was getting to that point where I was starting to see it in, in syndication and getting a little bit older. I was starting to kind of pick up on some of the, the more nuances, although I pick up on it more now as an actual adult. But um, I was in seventh grade when season eight hit. 
And I just have the most fond memories of watching these shows. Like I still, and we'll get into these as we, as we go down and kind of go through the list of each episode. But there are some of these where like, I have specific memories around watching these episodes. Um, and, and, and basically a lot of what Phil said, I, I, I agree with completely. This was, I think that point where, yeah, we were out of the catchphrase era of the Simpsons. I, I never thought about it like that, but that, that's a, that's a good phrase for it. First couple of um, seasons. Yeah. 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 So we were out of that. We the Simpsons. We really knew who these characters were, and they were starting to experiment a little bit and kind of throw them into some interesting situations. And we were, um, and yeah, we were starting to really see who the the side characters around Springfield were. We really got a feeling of who they were, and they. I think this was a good season for like mixing them in and with the yeah. Simpsons, uh, as opposed to let's have a whole episode focused on Chief Wiggum or right. or uh, something like that. So yeah, no, I I agree. I think this was like the perfect blend of like the Simpsons and Springfield as a whole together. And they really hit like this high point just with all of that. And we'll start getting into that again with, with it, more was, of the it was still all the stories are still about the Simpson family. Even, yeah. even if they're, it's just them interacting with, with other, mm-hmm. the other townspeople. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we have 25 episodes to go over. I will be pointing out the writers of some episodes because of certain reasons and because they went on to do other stuff that I do want to make sure to reference. Uh, Also, if you guys have any fun facts, please, by all means, let me know. So we're going to start with episode one of season A, Treehouse of Horror 7. Now, I don't want to get too deep into this because technically we will eventually cover this on our Zingtober stuff in another seven year no <laughs> so no, no, no it would, it would be it would be five years because we'll be doing uh sure of horror two so it'll be five years from now so just think about that when, when you're asked where are you going to be five years from now covering treehouse of horror seven on zingness <laughs> is your answer now um so with the halloween special they're of course divided up into the three shorts for this we got uh the thing and i bart discovers he has an evil twin who lives in the attic uh the genius test the genius tube which um is um after um sorry i'm trying to read around my microphone um this is the one where lisa uses a sugary drink on a rotten tooth and then she creates her own miniature universe and then citizen kang kang and kodos impersonate the presidential candidates bill clinton and bob dole and invade earth special bob guest Dole's star like this Special guest star for this episode was Phil Hartman. So, any anything you want, you guys want to point out? Because like I said, I know we'll get to this eventually. But is there anything that stands out? Any jokes? Anything? Anything like that that you want to talk about? Uh, the uh, the uh, thing that I always remember from this and is i mean first of all like this one is so dated it's a clinton dole yes. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's like a it's like an snl sketch uh mm-hmm. at the end but when the uh kang and kodos are impersonating them and they're walking around town holding hands <laughs> and, and, uh, and the, the advisors uh roll up and they're like uh sir Maybe you could not hold hands with your opponent. And make, so if we're you, transferring energies. Do you know a better way to do it? It's, it's just the, the most insane thing. Um, I know you're right. I, I love how dated that is. I mean, even when that, I mean, because it aired just 
you know, like two, what, like a week or two before yeah, the right actual before presidential the election. election. <laughs> and I was even sitting there. I would get, just the other day. I was like, no, this is no respect to disrespect to Bob Dole. But I was like, oh my god, Bob Dole is still alive. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. I totally thought <laughs> he existed. Like, see, like he was on the news for some reason, and I was just like, oh my god. Uh, so yeah, it, it, that that one especially very much it dates it, but it's still every election day. You always see people sharing the "Don't blame me." I voted for Kodos. Voted for Kodos, <laughs> <laughs> and like you can actually get signs now to like put in your yard, which I That's love. Great. One election year, I'm going to do that. No matter no matter what I feel about that year's candidates, I'm going to I'm going to put one of those uh, in my yard for sure. Uh, I was just trying to look up quotes because I think this it's this one where they drench Homer in um in. Like rum, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no one will believe yeah, him. Sure, rummy. <laughs> and, and and is it this this one too? Where he's like, you wouldn't believe it. I caught a fish this big, or is that from another one? <laughs> it's a, it's the same one where he yeah. But before he starts telling about the alien, he's telling about uh, how big about the thing? enormous fish he was catching, <laughs> and so like he still can't help himself from lying. Yes. Um, no, I mean, it, this, this is a great one. Like I said, I know we'll cover it more. Um, the it, it is completely dated, but yes, I, I do agree with Eric. The um, don't blame me, I voted for Kodos is a great line. And probably, I, you know what? I'm going to go with my favorite one from this episode. So that's for me. Um, anyone else got any more notes on this one or anything they want to say before we cover it in five more years? Right. I mean, I think the other two ones were good. Um the uh, the Hugo Bart's twin brother. I, I thought that was a good one. Just to kind of a. I I don't think they were going for anything in particular other than just sort of the trope of the evil twin kind of thing. Which and it was I Bart. Think, it, was, it was it was Bart the whole time. Was was the yeah, evil one exactly? Uh, nice little twist. Hey, oh, we'll talk about it after you finish your fish, fish heads, honey. Um, <laughs> and I liked that. I mean, as an as a as a Twilight Zone fan, I mean that middle one was like directly taken from a. Um, Twilight Zone episode, um, still well done, and uh, I always thought it was filled with lots of fun jokes and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I think that was that was one of those more like I feel like and we've talked about before how in later years they're just directly ripping off things now, yeah. putting The Simpsons into them. But I feel like that one was still a good mixture of like they're still in that era of we can take something that's kind of well-known in pop culture, but at least put a good enough twist on it to make it a Simpsons. Uh, thing. So, yeah, yeah, it's not a, not a direct parody of anything. It's just, um, just sort of like a, a, a nod to something like the twilight zone yes. or old science fiction movies. Uh, I just I love the I love the term debigulator and rebigulator. <laughs> well, I'll require some sort of rebigulator. <laughs> some sort of rebigulator. A concept so ridiculous. I... <laughs> All right, you guys ready to move on to speaking of parodies? The next episode is technically a parody in name, and I guess vaguely in what's going on in it. You only move twice. Homer accepts a job offer with Globex Corporation. The family moves to Cypress Creek. Uh, basically, and, and if, if you're a longtime listener of Zingness, you would have known. We've already kind of discussed this, but uh, you find out that Homer's boss is a megalomaniacal, like, Bond villain, villain, and antics ensue, and everybody. Homer has a great time. Everybody else is having a miserable time, and Homer chooses to move back while his boss goes and takes over the East Coast. So, 
on that note, this is a great episode. I do want to point out this was written by John Swartzwelder, which that name will keep continue to come up, and I will continue to praise the fact that he exists. In my one opinion, of one Indeed. of the greatest writers of all time for The Simpsons. Also, his book series is hilarious, and I don't know how I am tapped so well with his sense of humor with stuff, but, <laughs> but it is it, it is very silly stuff, and for some reason, yes. like I said... It, if you didn't tell me this was written by him, I could figure it out from the jokes and stuff. So on on that note, um, I know we've talked about it a little bit, so I want to give Phil the floor to begin with with this one because me and Eric have kind of discussed this on a recent episode. So Phil, thoughts on You Only Move Twice? Well, you, you said it, it's, it's a really silly episode, but it's also kind of like high concept, the idea that what if a James Bond villain was actually like a great boss who ran a super positive workplace. Like like the idea that it's anti-corporate and and just a free flow of ideas and, and it's a really great place to work, but he's also like a criminal mastermind. Like that whole twisting it on its ear of the guy who's constantly screaming at his henchmen. Um it's it's so brilliant and and Albert Brooks as Hank Scorpio mm-hmm. is just hilarious as that high energy super positive almost motivational speaker kind of guru he's just he, he, and then you just see the wheels come off slowly as he has like sugar in his pockets and <laughs> and things like Possibly that cream. And you, Possibly yes, cream. cream. <laughs> you understand, no. like, oh, he's he is a crazy person, but um, it's uh, it's one of my favorite, uh, most iconic Simpsons episodes of all time. Um, and I was I was so overwhelmingly happy to discover it was in season eight, mm-hmm. and it gave me an excuse to rewatch it. And uh, I think that's about the point I messaged you, Eric. Yeah, <laughs> was like, oh my god, this is so, this is amazing, uh, and I, I love Hank Scorpio. Is there a particular joke or favorite moment for you, sir? I, I think when he he drops by the Simpsons' new home, mm-hmm. uh, and meet you know right after they get there, and he's like, check out my moccasins. Uh, go check your closet. You've got a pair just like them. <laughs> if you like them, wear them. If you don't, neither do I. And he takes them <laughs> off. And Throws them. He's like, "Get the hell out of here!" And then you he see just... the guy throw the yellow shoe. <laughs> yes, once. <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, it's just so, so off, off your its rocker immediately. And um, that's and a very I, Schwartz- I Welder thing yes. too. Yeah. Yes, it's it's so insane right off the bat, and it's just accepted. Like, oh, that's my new boss, and uh, and then he just takes off on a fun run. It's so great. Uh, Eric, do you got any other notes you want to put in on this uh, one? Not, not really. I, um, I mean, we just spoke about it. I mean, the, the episode we talked about it on a couple weeks ago, talking about uh, villains who won. I yeah. think you and I really spent a bunch of that episode uh, just praising this, just episode. talking about it, and and then the Simpsons in general. So, so I, so uh, to anyone who's new to the show or who didn't listen, I recommend going to that episode A because it's a very good episode, but B to hear my full thoughts. But I mean, this is a fantastic episode. Uh, basically everything phil just said uh albert brooks as hank scorpio is just fantastic and uh with his just sort of because i know a lot of his stuff was kind of improvised or they kind of gave him a framework and he just kind of built around it yeah what 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 albert brooks did with hank scorpio plus john schwarzwilder's writing just it's it was magic it is a magical episode and uh yeah 
It's great. It was, it was brilliant casting. Uh, like I never would have thought like Albert Brooks, but it's like, oh, of course, <laughs> you're like, right. <laughs> he is. He's he's note perfect as, mm-hmm. as Hank Scorpio. All right, Eric. Favorite gag joke line for us? What do you got? Gosh, um, I, I love Homer tackling the the James Bond esque character mm-hmm. and just him not even like recognize like it's like some guy running out of there who just like got himself out of a shackles with a with a laser beam going towards him and just him tackling him and him telling telling Marge that he tackled a loafer at work. Yep. <laughs> just, it's, just, it's just like that was his, and then of course him walking away and just shooting him. Right. I mean that that's just one of a million, and then of course I always have to go back to the outdated. Um, how their school, Barton Lisa's new school, has their own URL on the thing, and mm-hmm. it's like whatever.edu, and it was just like at the time, you know, it seemed like such an exotic, in 1996, yeah. it would have been such an exotic thing for a school to have its own website, and now that's just so outdated, because of course it's going to have its own website, and Facebook page, and Instagram page, and Twitter page, but of course all those didn't exist 25 years ago, so it's just, it's one of those funny jokes that at the time was more of just a, oh wow, this is the school's, it's like, oh that's funny, that school has its own website, now it's like, huh, that school has its own website, oh big deal <laughs> well, well 25 years ago that was the school of the future it but was here we are in 2021 and my town still doesn't have a hammock district so <laughs> yes <laughs> but it does have mary ann's hammocks though <laughs> uh, my third my favorite joe i mean this 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 episode is chock full and like i said Schwarzwater ones are hard for me because there's a lot of just gags and stuff that doesn't make like any sense except for, for the joke I think my favorite one I'm still going to have to go with is Homer looking around for sugar for his coffee. Scorpio pulling out just loose sugar from his pockets, giving it to Homer, and then saying, do you need cream, and putting his hands back (laughs) in his pockets. It's for some reason that is a great (laughs) joke to me because it's just – it's something so out there and so weird, but it works so well. Um Moving on to episode three, the Homer they, the Homer they fall. Uh, this one is, of course, the episode where Homer becomes a prize-fighting boxer. We also find out that Mo used to be a boxer. He was kid gorgeous, kid, kid gorgeous, kid, <laughs> kid, <laughs> kid presentable, kid gruesome, <laughs> and finally. <laughs> um. So this this one, of course, um. Homer is like it's discovered that Homer can't like be injured with headshots. It doesn't affect him because he has like a level a layer of fluid around his brain. And a little thing known as Homer Simpson syndrome. Yeah. Um <laughs> and he is put to fight Dredrick Tatum, who's like the I I guess Mike Tyson. Yeah, I was, I was about Tyson. to say it, it is it is Mike yeah. Tyson, but he's taller than Tyson is. Because isn't Tyson short? I'm I'm saying this in total fear of running into Mike Tyson and finding out I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, he has like the, he has the list and everything. <laughs> like, yeah, like he has like the same vocal like everything as him. And I mean, it's it's very much meant to be. And Mike he's Tyson. just out of jail, which yep. Mike Tyson would have also been. This is actually yes. like super timely for the Simpsons. Yeah. It, it's right on the heels of of Tyson's legal trouble. All right. Um. Eric, I'm going with you to, to start this one off. Any thoughts on this episode? Uh, this was jokes, one. Everything like that. This is uh, an episode that I hadn't seen in a while. Like when I go to watch a random episode, for whatever reason, I just kind of like will skip over it to go, you know, watch you move. You only move twice or whatever. And I so I, as we were leading up to recording this week, I was going back and trying to catch a few and that I you know hadn't seen in a while. And uh, 
I just I get, like like every like all the episodes this season and the ones I was catching up on. I mean, it was it was funny. It was lots of uh, I loved I loved because I forgot how the whole thing got started, and then it was Bart getting his belt mm-hmm. from the the store, and then of course it got stolen, and the guys were Jibbo, Dolphin, Kearney's dads were beating <laughs> Homer up. Uh, but I loved the whole thing with the belt and just how ridiculous it was. And then <laughs> Bart's big, I don't know why it always cracked me up and I forgot about it, but when they were getting ready to beat him up and Bart's like, uh, all right, you asked for it. And he hit the button on his belt and it was like a little rocket. And it was like, call please call the <laughs> need emergency. Please call police. And it was just so ridiculous. And I just think I'm just like, that belt is so ridiculous. And it was perfect. I remember those kind of stores in the nineties that you'd always see in the mall like that, where they just had like these, they're like they seemed super cool. It was like Sky Mall, the store basically, and mm-hmm. of course their store was called I think Miscellaneous, etc. <laughs> I think that was the name of the store yeah. in the, the episode. <laughs> Just another one of those really great uh, Simpsons uh, titles. But everything about that store and what kind of led to uh, everything happening, I I always liked, and I forgot that it was part of this episode until my rewatch. And then I also liked one more thing I liked was when they were doing the press conference before the fight. And uh, it wasn't a press conference; it was a parole hearing, right? Oh, that, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and he was like, "I'll make orphans of his children." And oh, he has a mother. Well, she has. They have a mother. <laughs> well, I, I assume she would die of grief. And yeah. just, <laughs> the way he said it is so matter of factly. Yeah. I forgot about that too. And when did that happen? I laughed. I laughed. All right, Phil, you you are up now. Yeah, Eric took my the one I had in my notes was uh, Dredrick Tatum saying, I think he's a good man. I like him. I got nothing against him, but I'm definitely going to make orphans out of his children. <laughs> um, yeah, that, uh, that and how everybody Homer uh, boxed, they were like, they were like boxcar hobos. Yeah. They were, um, <laughs> it was like boxcar Johnny and all that. Um, <laughs> and all the, the car wash things going by. Yeah. <laughs> Super <laughs> ultra deluxe. As he's, as he's, as he's climbing the ranks uh, through, through the uh, boxing or the bar room boxing. Yeah. This is a, this is an episode of, of all of these. There are, one, maybe two that I don't remember ever having seen before. I have seen this one, but only maybe once or twice. This is one of the the kind of ones I've I've seen and I like it. It just is not like totally a standout to me. I like it the best for its parody of like the actual boxing world, like yeah. the Don King yeah. parody. And then they they sort of acknowledge that Don King <laughs> also like exists Don in King. this world, <laughs> and and, uh, and the Mike Tyson uh, uh, knockoff of, of Dredrick Tatum, who is also like a recurring character yes. in yeah. in Springfield. Mm-hmm. I think he was probably was he first in the the episode where Homer steals Cable. Uh, was he? And they were, you know I can't remember. They were because uh, it was the Dredrick Tatum fight. I'm pretty sure that right. he was having huh. a big party for. Let's go back and um, watch that episode. But I, I like that he is a character in yes in Springfield, but he only shows up every so often. He's not like he's like Duffman. Like he just comes around just enough to remind you that he's still there, right? And he's still like a a caricature of a person mm-hmm. in the most ridiculous way. Yeah, I feel like he's kind of like an in universe. Like kind of like how Rainier Wolf Castles. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's like it's like an in-universe <laughs> celebrity that they always do when it's like Springfield Squares or something like that. And it'll, yeah. <laughs> uh, so any any fa- Oh well, you already said that, 
Eric took yours, and he also kind of took mine too. The um, the parole hearing joke is is one of my favorites, <laughs> but there 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 are two more. Like I I couldn't pick just one for this. I kind of had three, and since Eric stole one, I'm like okay. Homer's entrance music of "Why Can't We Be Friends" <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> is priceless. And then when the fight starts and Tatum just punches him, just knocks into Homer, and then it zooms up to like the nosebleeds to show the rest of the Simpson family, and Bart's like, "Wow, I've never seen Dad hit somebody like that." And then Lisa's like, "Dad's in the blue shorts." Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mark pops out from the side. <laughs> what I miss? Um, it it was like that joke. Those two jokes, along with that, priceless. Great episode. Love it. All right. Uh, moving on to Burns, baby Burns. Um. <laughs> so, needless to say, this one introduces um. Larry's. Wait, Larry's. Oh, Larry's. Um. Larry is the son of Mr. Burns after uh, Burns is returning from a from a trip from Yale to Springfield. Um, Larry's, of course, first voiced by um, Rodney Dangerfield. Antics ensue uh, for him. You know, of course, he gets no um, no esteem. I, he, <laughs> he he doesn't ever say no no respect, does he? In the episode, he, he hints at it. I don't think he ever does. No. Yeah, he, he says other stuff, but yeah. So basically the premise of this episode is you, you learn that Burns has a kid and yeah, it's Rodney Dangerfield and Homer kidnaps him to try to show that Burns actually cares about him. Um, I went with Eric for the last one. So back to Phil. Phil, thoughts on this episode, favorite moments, so on. Oh, this, is, this is great for the same reason that Caddyshack is great. It's just... <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield being Rodney Dangerfield. Like, uh, there when he's, you know, at the party and he's just cutting up on, on society people and insulting them and, and just going around the room. And then I think the highlight of it is when the fake kidnapping is happening and they're all in the basement of the Simpson home and Marge comes down <laughs> and uh, Lisa and Bart start, like, throwing insult comic at her and then uh rodney's like hey how about a hand for your mom she's all right and then you know like they all they all are clapping and marge is kind of like oh thank you you know like it's just such a great like it's it's like that's what rodney dangerfield did was insult everyone and then turn it around and kind of make you feel like oh he just built me up instead while he dressed you down it it just it's as someone who who likes comedy and sort of grew up seeing Rodney Dangerfield in, in things. It's, it's a great like memory of Rodney was like one of the greats and just to see them like, yeah, let Rodney, uh, uh, voice whatever. And we'll just animate around. You just kind of feel like he almost just took this episode over. Eric. Oh, favorite joke. Oh, Uh, I think that was it. Just the, the whole sequence in the, um, in the basement when when he's just being Rodney Dangerfield I think that was just sort of a uh for me that was that was kind of the uh, the good remembrance of Rodney Dangerfield and it was just really funny to see to see Barton Lee I love when Lisa stoops to the level of everyone else <laughs> and it just like just just <laughs> plays in the mud with Barton and Homer all right Eric you're up um 
Yeah, so I, 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 again, I was a fan of Randy Dangerfield too. Uh, I thought he was great, and this was a good showcase for him. So this was an episode that, when The Simpsons was in syndication, it aired all the time. Our local Fox affiliate, uh, which would have probably been yours at the time, uh, Zanger, uh, mm-hmm. out of DC. Yeah, they they always had a block from seven to eight where they would show two episodes of The Simpsons every Monday through Friday, I it was and six I remember to seven. They sh- Maybe it was. Either way. Because there, it no, was two episodes of The Simpsons, and it was either Friends then Seinfeld or Seinfeld then Friends. I was thinking either, either way. Yeah. There, you're right. There was a block from six to seven of something, and then there was a box from seven to eight of something. And one of those blocks was two back-to-back Simpsons. Um, yes. yes, because it was always done during the, during the news on the other channels. That's right. Um, so anyway... During this getting time, getting real local always, with this episode, we're getting, we're getting real local and specific. Anyway, they would always show this episode. Like I remember this one time, like the six o'clock sh- episode, one like on Tuesday was this episode, and the next day the six thirty episode was this episode. So I really got sick <laughs> of it for a while because they showed it all the time. So like I took like a many many years break from it, and of course I've seen it a bunch of times since then, and it's amazing. Um, I think it's a great, it's basically just Rodney Dangerfield playing Rodney Dangerfield, but with a Mr. Burns nose and his, uh, his, uh, his three liver spots on the head birthmark. Um, I think it's a great showcase for him. I, um, I think two of my favorite jokes are, I love the whole, uh, where he tells the one guy, his motto should be simper fudge, even though he didn't actually say it, but it was, it was the delivery. He told me my, my, uh, my, my motto should be simper fudge. And then he told me to relax um <laughs> and then and then when the, cause it was the, i think it was the same scene it was the the yale the people from yale and he's like he spelled yeah. yale with a six <laughs> that that's one of those things that like when when i'm like since that episode aired when when someone is stupid i'll be like they spelled such something related to what they're doing with a six like i use that to this day to, to when, it, when i'm referring to someone who's stupid so it, that that's one thing from this episode that i love that has had a remaining lasting impact uh on me um okay so my i i i agree with you guys i love rodney dangerfield i as i said earlier i like the joke of he doesn't ever say i get no respect i don't get no respect he says like a ton of other like i don't get no esteem and then there's something else he says too in the episode but he never says that line my favorite moment ironically actually comes from one of them talking on the commentary for this which is a real deep like you, you have the DVDs or you watched it when it was on um, – when, like, FX or whatever had it. It was – they were talking about – like, the writers were talking about when Rodney Dangerfield came in, he had his, like, um, manager with him. And he'd run jokes by his manager before he presented them to them. And <laughs> it's, like, such an old time – and they were saying how that's such an old-timey way for, like, comedians to do stuff. Right. They wouldn't just say it. They they like run it by somebody first and then present it. So the, like I said that that was always going. Also, I, I like the if you guys don't don't like this stuff, I got crap. I if you guys don't like this, I got some crap back at my chat or whatever. Where where he's showing the people on the train all the different stuff. Um, moving on to the next episode, Bart after dark. Um, Bart does uh, property damage to a house and Homer makes him. Do chores to pay off the misdeed. The house turns out to be a burlesque saloon, um, which causes concern for the citizens of Springfield. And Marge um, agrees with the group. And there, 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 there's a sub story with um, with Lisa going to 
like clean up an oil spill at the beginning. That that's why Marge wasn't around, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's 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 one of those. There's a weird B plot that's like in the beginning that has nothing to do with anything else. Uh, this one also is one that, of course, has like singing and dancing showcases, and eventually in the end, Mars accidentally bulldozes the burlesque house once everyone is happy that it's there. So, um, back to Eric for this one. Eric, thoughts on Bart After Dark? Uh, funny episode. This is one of my ones I just recently rewatched because I hadn't watched it in forever. Um, I love the. Uh, it, another it's another moment that's become a meme where it's grandpa walking in putting his hat on <laughs> seeing bart walking back around and then looping and going back outside love that moment um i love when and then the one i forgot about uh is when skinner walks in and he's like is roxanne in and bart's like yep and he's like did you get my flowers yep or something like that and all of a sudden he looks in and realizes hello bart Hey, Principal Skinner. Is this the Air and Space Museum? <laughs> just one of the just his his trying to turn that around. Uh, always cracked me up, and I forgot. And again, one of those things I forgot about. And then, of course, the song at the end, the song and dance number. Uh, it's great fun. It's a it's a really catchy song. I've actually been singing it the past few days uh, in my head because um, I hadn't I hadn't heard it in a while. And uh, the, we put the spring in Springfield. Uh, great episode. I've I've always enjoyed this one. Thought it was funny, and then of course Marge ruining everything with her. She starts seeing her song, and then just bulldozes. Classic Marge. All right, Phil. What are your thoughts on Bart After Dark? Bart After Dark is is I think also one of the. I don't know if it's quite iconic. If it is, it's because of the meme of Grandpa, you know, coming in and mm-hmm. and immediately exiting, but. Uh, but this is almost like a surreal kind of episode. It's so weird. It's so like outside what the Simpsons normally do. There's a there's a a, a bordello basically in Springfield that's never mentioned again, and and it's just in this one episode. Uh, but it's this is just a hilarious episode all around. I I, I love the idea of, of Bart working. <laughs> working in this uh old tiny uh nightclub and i love the the town's divisiveness over it from like the puritans and then like the everyone else who just pretends they don't go there until they show the slideshow at the town meeting um which is one of my favorite moments oh there, there's it's, it's there's a particular part in there that, that is my favorite from this episode. i i i, my, I I love when uh, when it's Mayor Quimby with the the mayor sash, and he goes, "Oh, come on, that could be any mayor." And, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, the whole episode, and then it comes down to like a, a big musical number. It's it's just such a strange episode, and I love it for that fact. Like they just said, we're going to do this weird. Uh, this weird episode about a very adult place, but we're going to just wink the whole time and have fun with it. And it, uh, this, this episode is just super charming to me for some reason. Um, Oh, favorite and favorite moment was the, um, grandpa coming in, turning around, going out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That in the, the entirety of like the town meeting, um, just everybody's reaction. <laughs> on display. Oh, uh... Bonnie. Bonnie. <laughs> no one, no one stopped. <laughs> um, all right. So my favorite moment is the grandpa coming in, turning around, going out. Um, and 
the town meeting, but specifically what Eric just quoted, the, oh, where it shows Barney, and then no one says anything, so then Mo says, oh, Barney. <laughs> so that that was my favorite. Also, I'm just going to point this out. If I'm not saying much some, for some of these, it's because you two have covered it, and I'll only add stuff to it. So I'm just kind of head nodding to a lot of these. But on this next one, a millhouse divided. Berg, I'm going to throw you under the bus real quick, maybe. Um, you can do the synopsis for this episode. I can do it? Okay. Um, the, uh, he doesn't have the same thing I got in front of me, and if you want what I've got in front of me, it's just the Wikipedia. So let's see what he how he does. All right. Uh, Marge and Homer want to throw a dinner party, and so they have a bunch of their friends over. And during that, uh, Kirk and Luann Van Houten and... It's kind of seemed like it was some some boiling water that was ready to just kind of spill over the edge and they get divorced. And then that starts making Homer question whether or not his love with Marge is true. And he kind of gets overly attached to her and uh, ultimately ends up filing for divorce so they can actually have a true second marriage because their first one was at the Shotgun Pete's Chapel. And uh, they, re- they remarry, they redo their vows, and they have a nice little celebration. And then Kirk sings, Can I Borrow a Feeling? And Luann does not take his hand at the end. <laughs> um, all right, Phil, thoughts on this episode? And then we'll go back to Eric. But good job on describing it. Yeah! This is... Uh, uh, what. It's one of those that manages to be really funny and also like a little bit sad. Like you feel a little bad for for Kirk Van Houten. Um, uh, and and it's also like a little bit. It's one of those Simpsons that manages to be a little bit heartwarming too. It's like when Homer does something sweet and you go, "Yeah, this is an insane family." Uh, but at the end of the day, I think what has always made Simpsons work is that the Simpsons love each other. And and. In an episode like this that ends on this like kind of Hollywood ending happy note, it's like that that's what brings that home. So this is this is kind of a sweet episode. Uh, but my my absolute favorite lunatic joke is uh, Marge running around the house making sure everything's ready for the dinner party. <laughs> she, she says, Homer, are you ready? And he goes, just got to put my shoes on. And he's in his underwear playing with slot cars in the middle of the floor. It's, it's the absolute, I mean, the absolute funniest and it just encapsulates my feelings every time we're hosting a lot of company here. I am the last person to be ready for it. And uh, I will laugh at that um, because my wife is not in the room to say, that is you, stop laughing. And uh, it's it, yeah, it's just such a brilliant joke. Um, my favorite joke from this. Oh, wait, Eric, sorry, Eric, go ahead with your thoughts. Um, a fantastic episode and one that I had not watched in a while and uh, I watched the other day. Um, I love Kirk's song, uh, Can I Borrow a Feeling? <laughs> Can I borrow so a feeling? great. I forgot about <laughs> him dating the the one uh, the stripper. The one who steals his car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get the keys? I want to switch my wig. And then she pulls out and is convertible. <laughs> well, I, um, I love where she takes the drink, does not take the cigarette out. <laughs> <laughs> right. And she just <laughs> uh i love and of course uh his kirk's drawing of dignity is hilarious um and of course that's kind of become a meme itself like i've seen people get that as a tattoo uh before <laughs> uh, which yeah i'm like that's uh that's some dedication and they're like what's that oh it's my, it's my it's my tattoo of dignity um i feel like there was one moment i was thinking of like two minutes ago and i was like i want to mention that and i'm completely blanking yeah, on it but I, I, uh 
I know you, you oh, were talking oh, to me about know race car bed. Yeah, there's the race car bed, which is also another, which is a good part. Uh, I, the the part where he's getting fired from the cracker factory, just that all of all of that, him talking about like, yeah. well, you know, it's crackers are more of a family thing, and maybe single people eat crackers, but uh, that's just something we don't want to know about. And then, I don't, I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then at the end, then he's talking about that there were like six cracker uh cracker factories in springfield and how yeah. they were tied for sticks which yeah. we, like it's a big industry but then the whole the one is like when he gets fired he's like so that's it so long good luck i don't remember wishing you good luck <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah good episode uh for for me this this is a great episode because it does something with um Simpsons continuity to where they stay divorced yeah for uh, I are they back together now? Like they are back together, but okay. it took years for yeah. them to get back together. Yeah, like 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 it was something that I mean, earlier fans of the Sims, like Simpsons, earlier fans would not know they got back together because it's something way like twentieth season in twenties, somewhere in there maybe, maybe even in yeah. the thirtieth season. Yeah, I think it. it was yeah. So that, that that was something that stuck around and everything. And all of the antics with that. Uh, if I remember correctly, Luann goes on a date with a poo in like a later season where he's like a bachelor. And when they like have that bachelor auction or whatever, I think she's one of the people that goes on a date with him. If I remember correctly, I think you're right. That I don't sounds. Remember? Yeah. That sounds like that might have been like a quick. Little yeah, I do she... know that that Kirk was the sad divorced dad for a like a that just time. set the mold for him to be just like. Yeah. Uh, uh, when when like Millhouse will call him like weekend dad, and he's like, "Don't call me that," you know, like it's, it's just, like he's the he's a very sad old sad man. Uh, my favorite moment from this, and and this once again, I feel like I'm just hitting on memes. It's um the introduction of her new boyfriend from American Gladiators, which yeah. is a dated oh, yeah. reference technically. Pyro, yeah. Uh Pyro and then Bart smashes a chair over his back. My favorite moment is him walking up to Homer who's sitting in the bathtub for some reason and he smashes a chair over a Homer's back and Homer's just like, "Ow!" Oh, and then like it's just I don't know. I I just always always loved him just smashing a chair over Homer and then it just kind of they immediately move on from it like it's nothing. So well, that, that was... wasn't this. That wasn't this episode, though. I thought it was. No, it's not. That's the one where Bart gets uh, when Bart and Homer have the fight, and he, that's like Bart's big brother. No, this is that's a completely different episode. Are you sure? I no, swear. I, I, I thought that was one hundred percent because I just watched this episode and that I, episode that, that I I call also just watched it. <laughs> I call shenanigans. It's I in this episode where. I, you don't want to go against me on this one. I'm going against you on this one. I'm okay. Well, go ahead. Well, we have all the time in the world. All right. Uh, the Simpsons wiki is uh, Bart hits Homer with a chair is a meme originating from season eight episode A Millhouse Divided, and it shows Bart uh, with a chair and Homer in the bathtub. I swear that was the one with. Uh, I, I'm sure it's recurring. If 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 you told me this happens every two seasons, <laughs> I mean, he smashes a chair Homer, across Homer's back. I would chair. believe you. Uh, I'm trying to get where exactly it is in the episode so I can tell you exactly what minute to go to. 
Because um, good God, okay, that okay, that's freaking me out. Because I seriously just watched this episode and I don't remember that happening. And I swore, I swore it was the one. Well, Twelve minutes, ten I seconds into the episode. Great, I'm going to eat a great big piece of humble pie right here, and I'm going to admit that I was wrong. So, because <laughs> I was like, man, sorry, I swore. Oh man, you know what? I think it's because I'm thinking because the when Bart does the whole where his big brother, which is voiced by Phil Hartman, is basically the exact same kind of guy, like the big beefy blonde American gladiators type guy. There's that whole fight they have at the aquarium, and I was thinking that was, and I think there's a part where Homer and Bart have a conversation while Homer's in the bath, and I think I'm getting all of that mixed up. So, okay, so, thank you for the correction. I appreciate. No, it. Pro- I was like, dude, I know I saw this. It was like one of my favorite I was moments. Going crazy. <laughs> I stand corrected. So. Was, that try- was that trying to shout you down, Eric? I really no. thought I was going insane. I'm like, no, I swear to I'm, God, that I'm happened. glad when I yeah. when I had both when I had both of you going there. I'm like, oh my God, this can't be. But no, sure enough, it yeah. Um, so. To verify, <laughs> does it say Baron Stain Bears or Baron Steen Bears on your on your books? Like. It's, uh, it's we, it's we, just sounds. It's just screaming faces. It's weird. <laughs> we gotta get to the bottom of this. <laughs> oh cool. man, I should have betted okay. something on that. <laughs> um. Oh, Ooh, Eric, I, we I, should have. I even said, I said, I said, I'll bet both of you a hundred dollars. So I'd have been at it two hundred. No, I would have just forced you to watch uh, Army of the Dead again with Phil uh, Rune oh, as, as like a man. group watch. You know what? I double it to four hundred to not have to watch that again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lisa's date with. Density. Um, yes. Nelson is punished for vandalizing a Super Nintendo Charmer's car. I know that is a reference from a different episode, but it's just funny to use it. No, it's totally the same. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, I say, don't mess with me. Um, and has to help Willie around the schoolyard. Lisa watches Nelson torment Willie. Um, she finds him attractive to her. She. Uh, she finds herself attracted to him and decides to try to change Nelson into a better person. Lisa goes on a date with him. They kiss, but later he is revealed to have been lying about vandalizing Skinner's house. Um, she loses attraction to him. Meanwhile, Homer finds an auto dialer and starts a telemarketing scam. Uh, I think we are back to Eric. Thoughts on um, this episode? And do you remember what kind of car it was? I don't remember, but Honda. I just remember it. The Honda Civic, I believe. Yes. Yeah. I, but I, that is a That's that is how a you joke. know it's a Honda. <laughs> <laughs> that is a joke, though, that I still use all the time. Like, to the what mobile? You mean your Honda? Yes. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. No, this, this is a pretty funny episode. It's one of those ones that, like, I, I'm familiar with it. It's probably one of my like least favorite from the season. Not just not because it's a bad episode. It's just because compared to what else is in the season, it's just I think it kind of pales in comparison. But I so still we have a low a point. Episode. We've yes. gotten to our low point. A, a low point, but in in the best. But it's but this low point is like h- higher than than most high points and and other ones. But I mean, it's still a sweet episode. I think it's a very sweet one. I think it added a lot to Nelson's character. Um, I mean, they kind of been playing up a bit more, but really he had just been a bully at this point. Um, but so I kind of thought it was sweet, just the whole thing with him and Lisa going on. I, I really couldn't care less about the whole Homer uh, B plot. Um, and I, the one joke that I think always, I don't know why, but this joke always makes me laugh. But when <laughs> Nelson throws the, uh, 
the beehive at Willie, and he's just like, hey, Willie, catch the football. Okay. <laughs> God. I don't know why, but every time when I uh, when I see that, I laugh. So, um, so yeah, probably one of my least, if not my least favorite from the season. But again, that has nothing to do with the quality of the episode for me, just because of compared to what else is in it. All right. So this is Eric's low point for the season. Good to know. Also probably up there for mine, but Phil, thoughts? Uh, I actually really like this episode. and Phil's I, high point, everyone. Um, <laughs> not the high point, but it's, <laughs> it is one that I, I think it contains one of the best jokes in in the history of The Simpsons for me, and that's when um, when they pass the note to... Nelson, <laughs> and, and and he looks back, and Milhouse is doing that little wave at him, and then it's just a smash cut to the ambulance. Um, it's, it's, he can't hear you. He can't hear his ears are packed with gauze. Uh, it is. I mean, if you ask me to describe my favorite Simpsons joke, there's a few of them from this season that I can describe them all I want to and it just does not compare with actually seeing them and this is one of them and it just every single time I don't care how many times I see this it just makes me die laughing every time it does that smash cut it's so funny uh and and then at the end when uh Nelson kisses Lisa and the other bullies show up and they're like you kissed a girl that's so gay it's, it's, it is just the, the ultimate like 90s bully mentality yeah. that just misses the mark a hundred percent and and i i don't know i i like the bullies when they get a little bit of showcase yeah uh and of course nelson being the ringleader gets gets a little bit more of a spotlight i like a a good i feel like lisa doesn't get a ton of episodes centered on her, but there's a few of them that I think are really good. And I think this is one of them. Awesome. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know if this is 100% my low point for this season of like least liked episodes. As I'm scrolling through, I think there is one other one I would say. And sadly it is another least centric episode. So I don't hate Lisa at all, but, um, I'm going to go with my favorite moment from this episode is the whole thing with the band class where it's um, Lisa likes Nels and it just keeps on going with everyone. It gets the Millhouse and then the prince, I mean, not the principal, the teacher interrupts. He goes, nobody likes Millhouse. <laughs> so that for me was my favorite moment. Um, and also this is referenced later on in other seasons and stuff um, yes. like that. They like they they date and everything. Like there's a part I remember in something where the, like they're holding a fence for like Nelson's holding a fence for Lisa and everything, and he's being all polite to her and everything. And I think that that's a callback to this. So yeah, so it's they've, it's, they've definitely made references. They started establishing canon this season. Yeah. I think yeah, yeah. they were like we're gonna carry mm-hmm. this stuff forward. Uh, speaking of which, there is a canon thing coming up in the next episode, Hurricane Nettie. Um, a hurricane strikes Springfield, destroying only destroying the Flanders house and I guess moving the bowling alley because that's another thing. Um, <laughs> the people of Springfield gather to rebuild, but Ned, seeing the poor workmanship and their failures to rebuild his house, um, has a complete mental breakdown, commits himself to a mental institution. Um, his psychiatrist discovers that Ned's... Um, that, that Ned is there and goes to help him. And Homer 
express um, Ned expresses anger towards Homer, and basically it's all resolved by the end of it, where Ned vows to tell everyone how he feels about them if they upset him, which I don't think he ever does after this point. Uh, can anyone guess the special guest star for this episode? This is a con- this is the continuity thing I was talking about. It's oh. um, it's uh, it's uh, John Lovitz as uh, the critic. Oh yeah, you are correct, Eric. Also, it stinks. It stinks. Yep. It stinks. <laughs> yes, that, that that is when they go to the mental institution. He's yelling that. Also, there is a caricature of John Swartzwelder. John Swartzwelder. Yes, um, very elusive individual when it comes to like commentaries or anything. Um, Eric sent me a great article about his um, work and everything. All right, so we are back to Phil. Am I right, Phil, with this one? Yes, uh, Phil. Yeah. Phil, uh, her and Cade Nettie, thoughts? Uh, this is my low point this year. Oh! Uh, this was, um, yeah, I, I just, I found so little about this, and I think it's what I was talking about earlier, where this is not an episode about The Simpsons. This is about uh, a side character, and one of the things I like about Flanders this season, outside of this episode, is this is still when the Flanders was just the weird, super positive Christian family next door that annoyed Homer. They weren't super involved in in their own plots. They weren't super involved with anything outside of Homer just being a jerk for no reason to Ned. And this centering around net i just i it didn't get its hook in me um but i think the one there there is one joke i found really really funny and it's when marge is praying for the uh for the hurricane to leave them and and it stops storming outside and homer (laughs) goes he bought it Way to go, Marge! <laughs> like that, that, uh, that really got me. But uh, as as a whole, I think I've seen this episode maybe one other time, and uh, yeah, it just uh, uh, I don't know something about it just does not click with me. All right, not a fan of Ned. Um, in this regard, I like Ned for in, in the role Ned normally plays, and and some of the other stuff later. Something about uh, this one just is. Uh, it's just like a, it's like sad sack Ned, you know, yeah. he's just kind of at, at the end of his rope. It just doesn't, doesn't grab me in a funny way. Um, I would say this is one of my low points, but there's enough jokes in here that I feel like that makes up for it. Uh, one of them being when he snaps on everyone and he starts yelling and he yells at Lenny. And I don't even know who you are, but I bet you're a jerk. <laughs> hey, I just showed up here. What's going on? Like, I just got here. <laughs> like, that to me was hilarious. Just the, like, the, the whole thing's funny, but the Lenny part is great. And also where he yells at Mo too. And, um, and Mo's like, wait, I'm, I might be up. Uh, uh, wait, what'd you say? <laughs> so that's my, uh. like, like I said. The story, eh, the jokes in this one were pretty good. Also, the um, the the rude building of the house and where it slowly turns into like Willy Wonka or um, Cat in a Hat levels of like ludicrousy of how the house is built and everything. Because the the first floor looks fine, but as they go up, it of course gets worse and worse. And also, there's the room of just electricity, which I um, found funny. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I I love the joke. I think my favorite joke is. Um, 
thing about like i think a hurricane's coming there has been a hurricane recorded in springfield since 1974 well, that's because the hall of records mysteriously blew away in 1974 also i don't know why but that joke always cracks me up thank you eric that that, that was my runner-up joke of like a great just word gag like not visual one but just a great like written gag for this one all right uh moving on to the next episode episode nine I'm not doing the um, Spanish version of this because I just can't do that. So, the mysterious voyage of Homer. Homer begins hallucinating after eating a dish laced with um, Guadalupe peppers. Um, aren't they called something else in the episode? Like in it was like the uh, hot peppers uh, grown by the... It was like a prison where it was grown. Yeah, like it's like it, an it was insane like, asylum. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like a, a he bottle ca- or something like that. He ca- he he ends up calling them like Guatemalan insanity peppers, peppers. or something yeah. like that. Um, peppers at a chili cook-off in this, and then hallucinates, uh, meets a mysterious coyote, which tells him to find his soulmate. After fighting with Marge, he is concerned. That she is not his real soulmate. Kind of an ongoing thing in this season, too, of, like, our Homer and Marge meant to be together. Sort of thing. Homer leaves home to seek solitude at a lighthouse. Marge arrives at the lighthouse, apologizes, and Homer and her uh, realize that they are soulmates after all. Special guest star in this episode was Johnny Cash as the yeah. Coyote. So, thoughts on this episode? Eric, also written by Ken Keeler, which for some reason is ringing a bell with me and I cannot remember why. So I will look that up while Eric discusses. This is in like my top 10, maybe my top five episodes. Ah, uh, that's of all, why. Of the entire, of the entire series. Um, I, I absolutely love this episode. I think it is a, a visually, I think visually it's one of the top episodes of The Simpsons if only for the scene where he's hallucinating like they definitely with like everything from like homer being all liquidy to um just kind of the more like if you look at it like it's not the typical of the time it was very flat coloring in every like objects yeah. like a tree was green like this had shading it had an almost kind of uh like a like a looney tunes kind of like lushness to it um just that whole scene is great um they do a really good job johnny cash is the space is the the spirit guide space coyote uh, is fantastic. That whole sequence is really good, and him, of course, hallucinating and seeing all the townspeople. Uh, of course, Nelson with his <laughs> and uh, Mrs. Krabappel talking like Charlie Brown. Charlie uh, Brown. Um, really great episode, but also like lots of funny jokes and stuff. Like when Homer, the whole thing where Homer is trying to find out who his soulmate is, just uh, this, that sequence of events where like he calls the the one of them. He's like, "Well, I'm into that." Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I definitely don't know about that. <laughs> he hangs up. Uh, the one where it's like public outreach and shows the hands that are like kind of like out. And then as he runs in, they flip the sign around. It's like all full and the hands are back up. And then uh, one thing, and again, this is another thing that I say all the time where Homer goes, he goes to the bar. He's like, Barney, soulmate. Uh, let me buy you a beer. He's like, oh, thanks, but I'm not your soulmate. I'm more like a well. And he's going down. Everyone in the bar is saying what they are. And then. Mo does his whole, I'm more of a well-wisher that I wish you no specific harm. I say that to people all the time. Like when people, he does. people say, like people will say to me, like they'll, people will say to me, they're like, oh, you're such a good friend. And I'll be like, nah, I'm more of a well-wisher that I wish you no specific harm. I say that all the damn time. So 
that is a uh, that is a great thing. Um, a fantastic episode. It makes me laugh. And again, it's it's this is before the whole Homer and Marge thing. Yes, this was a theme this season, but this is before because I feel like every other episode nowadays is should they be together or not? And it's like oh my god, they're going to be together. We get it now. Season thirty two of The Simpsons. But uh, this was still when it was somewhat of a fresh. I mean, obviously they squabbled. This kind of kind of went to a deeper level. Uh, and of course, it ends uh, with them putting in the uh, the giant light bulb in the lighthouse, and and the ship still crashes, and all the hot pants go all out. All the hot the pants, <laughs> and it ends with a dance party, and who wears short shorts? So, all Love right, it. Phil, I'm right there with you. This is one of the greatest Simpsons episodes of all time. Like this is just it's so bizarre, and it's got this weird acid trip right in the middle of it, and and it is actually not just weird for the sake of being weird it factors into the plot and and the bigger story that they're telling and it just looks amazing i love johnny cash in it as well uh the entire part where he's he's just completely tripping on insanity peppers is it's just one of the best animated sequences i think this show's ever done yeah and then um as far as just like regular like joke jokes there's there's one that gets me uh and i don't know if this is personal because my my grandfather used to talk this way but when homer comes home the next day he walks in and bart and lisa are like eating cereal and bart's going <laughs> so i says to mabel i says <laughs> and and homer comes in he's like where's your mom and he's like, he goes, i'll finish this later She's out back, and then he leaves. And he goes, so I said to Mabel, I said, <laughs> it just cuts away. And oh my God, just seeing two little kids talk like old people, uh, it, it just, it, and it's so out of nowhere. There's no, there's no context for it. There's no like, it's not a running gag. It's just a, a, a weird joke the writers thought of and dropped right in the middle of this episode. Yeah. And God, it, it really catches me off guard every time and, and makes me laugh. All right, so does Ken Keeler ring a bell for either of you guys as being the writer of this episode for any other nope. reason? No. All right, you guys ready for this unloading I'm about to do? Yes. Uh, Go for it. So Ken Keeler also wrote for Futurama and The Critic and Wings. Uh, I'm going to focus uh, on the oh, wow. Futurama part of this, though, because as it has been pointed out uh, before on other stuff, Futurama was the most overqualified bunch of people to ever write in television. They had multiple sure. doctorates, multiple <laughs> everything. Like they were like the jokes in there are smart because like they are high level jokes and everything. Uh, for an example, that Ken Keeler studied applied mathematicians. Math, math, math eh, I'm gonna mess up every part of this. Keeler studied applied mathematics at Harvard. Graduated summa cum laude. He um, was granted a master's degree from Stanford uh, in electro electro. Electronics engineering before returning to Harvard to earn his PhD in applied mathematics from Harvard. His doctorate thesis was mapping representations and encoding of image segmentation. <laughs> he also okay. has a proven theorem. That was introduced in the episode of Futurama where they'd have to do all the brain switching. Remember where they had the episode where everyone had to switch their yeah. brains around? Mm -hmm. He had to do a scientific theorem 
like mathematic theorem to explain how that was possible and how that all worked. And it does actually on the Wikipedia have the theorem. I am not a smart with math at all, but like <laughs> this is proving once again why Futurama was one of the smartest written shows of all time uh, because everyone in there was like doctorates and stuff that no one ever needed to be. But yes, this is a great episode because it's written by literal genius, in my opinion. Also, I do like the jokes. Um, the I, I says the Mabel. I, I once again, Phil, you have a good point on that. It is completely absurd for children to be speaking that way, yeah. and that, <laughs> and it's it's funny because of that because it doesn't make yeah. any sense. It's never referenced. And I find that humorous, but also when Homer is standing in front of the um. In front of the light, and Lisa and Bart are like, "Is that the bad signal?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> is, that, is that dad? Either that or Batman's really letting himself, himself go. go. <laughs> so that for me, great episode, love it. All right, moving on to the Springfield Files. Eric, you want to do this one? Yes, let's do it. Let's do it on a Friday night. Homer claims to see an alien. So uh, who who is called in to investigate in the heartland of America? Or actually, it has a different name. It was like America's something or other. But Mulder and Scully of the X-Files, voiced by their uh, David Duchovny and uh, Jillian Anderson. Mm-hmm. And so they come in, but Bart and Homer get proof. They all go to show up, and it turns out it is Mr. Burns, who is high as a kite off of his uh, medical procedure to prolong his uh, lifespan uh, for another week. And a nice, healthy green glow from working in a nuclear power plant for many decades. And uh, they end with Leonard Nimoy and gang singing. Uh, well, it starts with Leonard Nimoy uh, and ends with them and the rest of the Springfield characters singing, Good morning, starshine. So, yeah. There we go. All right. Um, favorite moments from this episode. I think we're on to... You know what? I'll do this one. I'll do this it. one first. I'll do my thoughts on this one. Uh, this one is fun for me because if you want to get into the whole Tommy Westfall thing, this technically, since it's actually Mulder and Scully, this is how the Simpsons get roped into like real world stuff. Uh, this one was always one that was fine to me because I love, you know, the paranormal and stuff like that and having it be in the Simpsons. And then the dumbest way it's possibly explained to this, this also has the joke of like Mo capturing endangered species oh, yeah. <laughs> because he, 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 he has an orca in like back <laughs> and and they that noise and they're like running off with them also the whole gimmick of like when homer gets lost in the woods to begins with um the the like die and homer's like ah and then the wind blows and it says die it <laughs> um is just great, but the David Duchovny and um, all, all, all the guest stars, David Duchovny, Larry Nimoy, and Jillian Anderson, great stuff. Uh, my favorite joke from this one is David Duchovny when he shows his badge having the picture of him oh. in, in like, a Speedo. <laughs> like, there's no reason for that whatsoever. I, I love this episode. It's great. Um, also, Chewbacca's randomly there, too, at one point. I, I don't think it's ever explained. Chewbacca's like there twice because of the uh, he's there because the lineup. Oh the, right, the right, lineup. yeah, yeah. It's, lineup, yeah. And it's got Chewbacca and Gort and uh, Kang, Kang Orkotos and Alf and Marvin the Martian. Yep. And there were and the, and the writers have said this was like our most like illegal scene in the entire series because we didn't ask for permission to use any of these. 
<laughs> um, but then, of course, he's uh, Chewbacca's at the end with the Homer was a dope shirt yep. on. <laughs> so, so those are my favorite. My, I mean, my my kind of rundown of it. Um, I guess we'll go with Eric. Um, yeah, this is another. This is like another top ten episode for me. Um, I at the time I was still a fan of the X Files, and so it was awesome seeing the two of them in. Uh, this, this, the, uh, in Springfield interacting with the characters and, uh, I, I just, I love it. I think, I think it was great also getting Leonard Nimoy in there again, kind of like he was, he kind of played a similar role as to, uh, you know, kind of him being a little more of an exaggerated version of him, kind of like in the, uh, monorail episode. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think he was just great. And I loved how I, I love the joke where he finishes and he just leaves and <laughs> there's still like 10 minutes left in the episode. And you, oh, I uh, think I forgot I, something in my I car. In my car. <laughs> he yeah. out, you hear the door slam and he feels away. And then you have the squeaky uh, voice team come in. Yes. And he's like, well, remember to watch the skis. I mean, skies. Um, and I, and I love I, I love the whole uh, when he's like I bring you love and uh, Doctor Hibbert's like is that the love between a man and a woman or the love between a man and a fine Cuban cigar? <laughs> I, so, I bring that was always you one of those jokes I liked. <laughs> <laughs> he brings us love. Don't let him get away. Break his legs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Phil. What about you for this episode? Uh, I like uh, you. You took mine with the the. <laughs> The uh, FBI ID for Fox Mulder <laughs> being this like male model beefcake shot. Um, uh, but I also like when uh, he's like, Scully, we got to go investigate that. And she's like, what about uh, arms dealers and, and uh, drug, <laughs> drug smugglers? He's like, I don't think the FBI. <laughs> I don't remember how he words it, but it's something along the lines of like, I think this is more the FBI would rather we we focus on on uh, <laughs> weird aliens. I mean, it's just uh, yeah. Every every I I have a harder time with this one picking out like specific lines and jokes and just just the lunacy of having the X Files characters show up and like you said, Moe's killer whale in the back room of the bar. <laughs> Everything happening here is just just the insanity of Springfield. And I think that's why this episode works. It's just, you know, it's, it's outrageous. It's a stretch to think that Mr. Burns is, is just drugged up and mistaken for an alien who cares within this episode, it all works mm -hmm. and it just comes together in this, <laughs> in this great way where the whole town turns out and is selling souvenirs and, just on the brink of being an angry mob for no reason other than it's Springfield. And this is the kind of shit that happens here. Mm -hmm. Oh, also one of the other jokes I forgot to mention, I really like is grandpa being lost in the woods the whole time and then chasing <laughs> oh, a turtle yeah. to get his teeth back. <laughs> I get me with my own teeth. <laughs> is this more irritating than when we were attacked by the flesh eating bacteria than that happens? Yes. This is much more irritating. <laughs> um, so moving on to the next, episode uh the twisted world of marge simpson uh marge starts a new pretzel franchise after being voted out of the springfield investorettes um for being too conservative the investorettes seek to strike back with their falafel van um uh what is the van called i just had this and i cannot remember i just watched this episode too which is sad um 
I'll look it up in a second. Um, Homer helps Marge with her business by asking Fat Tony for assistance. Uh, soon the orders pour in while the falafel business <laughs> mysteriously fails. Fat Tony attempts to collect on all of Marge's profits, but she refuses. He then sends his goons to the Simpsons' house where they are met by the Japanese mafia thanks to the investorettes, and it ends with a showdown between the two mafias. Um, I... I I want to say this is my low point, but there's so many good jokes in this episode that I'm like, that's the only thing that redeems it. Because it, it, it really is a net neutral of, like, nothing is just, it's just an episode for me. Um, and I guess my favorite moment would be the, I'm gonna go with the cook for the falafel place, like explaining what's in the falafel <laughs> and then the one woman like changing every single thing to make it sound more like American. Oh, yes. Our yes. cook Christopher here. <laughs> and just goes back in and it's just yelling. Um, so that would be my favorite moments. And I of course did mine. So we're going to go to Phil. Uh, uh to uh, back up just a minute, it is the fleet of pita. Falafel. Uh, thing, uh, I'm I'm the same as you, Zenger. This is uh, again another low point for me. It's just kind of a boring episode. Um, but there are some some things I find really funny. Like when uh, Whitey Ford is basically pelted into a coma <laughs> by Marge's pretzels, and they're like, "This is a dark day for baseball," <laughs> and, and it just is like. <laughs> they could have called him Whitey Whacker. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, but I I feel like the the Springfield Isotopes are they're just always even if like the episode isn't great if they go to the Isotopes there's gonna be like a funny baseball joke in there yeah um and and the, that's kind of the high point of this episode for me. Uh, Eric, what about you? Um, I agree. Probably down there with uh, Lisa's date with density for me. Not one of my favorite episodes of the season. But again, just like both of you said, um, I feel like the jokes in there, there are some really good jokes. They're just not held together as well as with other episodes in the season. Um, one joke, and it's one I forgot from the episode, but it was one I used to say all the time. And I think about it more now that I've seen this episode recently. But you know, they're, they they kick Marge out of the investorettes at the restaurant, and they're like, we'll send you your pancakes in the mail, and then it cuts to the scene, and Marge is sad, and she's telling Homer, and she's like, and she's like, and then they kick me out, and he goes, okay, let me get this straight. When are we getting the pancakes in the mail? I I love that. I remember the first time I saw that, I laughed uncontrollably, and it was one of those things where, like, every once in a while, like, when someone tells me, like, a lot of information, if it's not, like, too serious, I'll just be like, all right, let me get this straight. When are we getting the pancakes in the mail? Of course, like nobody gets it, so I just come across as an asshole. But whatever, it's it's a funny joke, and I stand by it. Um, and of course, I love the yakuza fight at the end too. I think that's funny. Uh, the two, the the yakuza and the and the mafia fighting in their front yard, and uh, yeah, good good times, good times. But yeah, I agree with both of you. Um, funny, not the not not a high point by any means in the season. Probably one of my my low points as well. But uh, good 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 jokes peppered throughout enough that it, it has many redeeming qualities to it. All right. 
moving on to the next episode. Um, this one's up there for me as like super high point, and there's a very obvious reason for that once I get to a certain part of it. Uh, Mountain of Madness. To encourage teamwork, Mr. Burns takes all of his employees to a corporate retreat in the mountains, which, by the way, there's several episodes in this season where everybody at the power plant's, like, in one place. Who's running the power plant? Questions for a different <laughs> it's a, time. It's a, it's a good question. <laughs> Questions for another time, because there's another point in the season where everyone from the power plant is, like, in an auditorium for no apparent reason. Well, there is one, but it's really silly. Uh, the employees pair up. Homer becomes Burns' partner and are challenged to find a cabin in the, on the snowy mountainside. The pair to finish last will be fired. Burns and Homer, of course, cheat by using a snowmobile and make it to the cabin before everyone else. But an avalanche buries the cabin. Homer and Burns go insane in the cold and get into a fight and ignite the propane tank rocketing the cabin down the mountain to safety. And, of course, this was written by John Swartzwelder. So there uh, is the other reason. Like, this has so many Swartzwelder jokes in it. Yeah, it's very clearly one of his uh, his episodes. And also, I think, has one of my favorite lines from the entire um, season, too. So uh, does somebody else want to go first, or do you want me to just dive into this episode? Do it. Dive in. All right. I'm, 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 I'm going to chew on this episode. This is a great episode because there's so many great humorous jokes in it. The pairing of Homer and Burns is for some reason really funny. And also Smithers having to deal with the Simpson children is also <laughs> yes. hilariously funny, too. <laughs> um, because because there because there's, there's even a joke made at their expense, too. And I cannot remember what it is, but there's a joke made about them. And just the, the the whole thing is just this, this ridiculous thing. And just Burns comes in all happy and wanting to, you know, do something for his employees. So he has like a fire drill, but there's like other drills too. It's like blimp drill. And there's like a ton of other really <laughs> sports rotary like jokes and everything about like that. But like I said, the, the Homer and um, Burns getting paired up is for some reason really amusing to me. And I, my, my favorite joke, my, one of my favorite jokes, hands down has to be Lenny going, oh, no, I think there's something wrong with its brakes. When the oh, yeah. cabin is going the cabin. down the mountain, <laughs> it's for some reason is like my favorite joke of this entire season because it is, <laughs> it's, it's like, that's the, pro it's, it's just, it's so stupid. It's just such on a level of dumb that I just love it of that the house doesn't, the brakes aren't working and that's your concern. So... That's for me on this one. Uh, definitely very high point in the season for me. Uh, Eric, going to go to, yeah, you, because Phil did it the last time. Sorry, I'm trying to make sure to keep these in line. <laughs> it's all good. Um, I, I agree with you. This episode is just chock full of amazing jokes. And um, the, the ones like, I love the whole I love the actual, like, he, after the, the drill gets underway, how it's like, so how are we doing? And he's like, I don't know, sir. The, stop, <laughs> the stopwatch stops at 15 minutes. <laughs> then Homer makes that first and bar <laughs> barricades the door. <laughs> that always cracks me up. 
<laughs> what did I win? Or did I win you? You won. Right. Uh, and then uh, another Simpsons line that I say all the time, and I'm pretty sure I've said it to at least you, Zinger, where I will, when someone says something I like, I will always say, I, I like your ideas and wish to subscribe to your newsletter. I say that all the time, just, just as Homer said that to Bart. Yeah. Um, and I, I believe it was this episode, but it was the one, it was where Bart finds the Smokey the Bear, and it's like only who was that from this episode? Yes, yes, that, that yes, is yes. Okay. This where I, I was like, was it, it was either this one or the cider episode with with Larry Burns, and I couldn't remember, but yeah, where he's like, only who can prevent forest fires? You have chosen you, which is incorrect <laughs> because it refers to me. The correct answer is you. <laughs> you. <laughs> so yeah, I. Uh, you're right. This is just chock full of of great. Like it's just it's very Schwartzweldian. Um, a fantastic episode, and uh, yeah, awesome. Can't say enough good stuff about it. Is is this the one where they find them? Where they're using the Morse code thing, and it cuts to like it going <laughs> yeah, to like a museum, the museum. Yeah. and yeah. it zooms in <laughs> on like the dummy standing beside its eyes. Okay, yeah, that. That's that. That's. I was like, I think that's this episode, but that's a very Schwarzwalder thing to like because that yeah. had nothing to do with anything, and it's pricelessly funny. All right, what what about you, Phil? What what are your thoughts on Mountain of Madness? I love the general, like, just the pandemonium of the fire drill. Like <laughs> everybody's panicking and freaking out. The guy who runs and grabs the fire extinguisher and starts beating his coworkers with it is just one of the funniest, uh, funniest things. And uh, I think the only other show that that created a, a great fire fire drill scene was uh, The Office. They did a <laughs> right. they had, uh, where Kevin smashes the vending machine open and starts <laughs> looting it. But this was. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that and then at the end when they're they're heading out to look in the avalanche for Burns and Homer, oh, yes. and the park ranger's like, uh, "Let me calm the children." And Barton Lee's are like right next to him, and he's like, "Your dad's gonna be just fine." And then he stands up and goes, "All right, everyone, get your corpse handling gloves." <laughs> <laughs> like they're right there. It's so it's so funny and uh, just the oblivious park ranger. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, you guys said it earlier, the the whole, like, there's something about, like, when, when characters that aren't normally together get paired together in the, the Simpson kids with Smithers and he's like, oh, great. The Bobsy twins. That's what it was. And, and, uh, and, uh, Lisa keeps finding like hurt, hurt, (laughs) tiny mammals to, uh, he's like, we can't rescue everyone. And and is there gold on this mountain? And they're just uh, irritating the crap out of him. (laughs) And it's about to have any healthy animals. (laughs) It's so, it's, uh, there's just something great about the dynamics of the town when they bring unlikely people together and watching them bounce off each other. All right, uh, moving on to the next episode. Simpsons, Califragilistic, Annoyed Grunt, Aladocious. Um, Simpsons, Califragilistic, Expialidocious. There you go. Um, thank you, Eric. Uh, tell you what, do the episode then. Do what? Do do the uh, synopsis for the oh, episode. Oh, the synopsis. Sorry, you cut out for a second there. Yes. Uh, so Marge is going bold. And she's going bald from stress. And so they decide they need to hire a nanny. And after a long, fruitless search, uh, a totally original creation 
<laughs> like Dickie Dowson model muck name by the name of Sherry Bobbins comes to the house and offers to be uh, their British nanny who is a bit magical but also likes to cut corners and stuff like that. And she she sings children's songs, although she has been singing songs all the bloody day. She's not a bloody jukebox. Um, and then she leaves again, but then the Simpsons immediately go back to their ways and Marge is getting stressed out and uh, uh, eventually they're like, you know what, this is this is how we are. And uh, Sherry Bobbins leaves and ends up going through a plane engine. The end. <laughs> uh all right, you want to do your your breakdown for this? Wait, no, Phil's up. Phil's up to do his breakdown for thoughts, everything. Yeah, this is one of this is one of the great episodes, just because I think it's packed wall to wall with jokes. And it I is. was in my notes, I have favorite moments, uh, all of it. It just, I mean, it's one of those things like uh, like the Zucker movies, like like airplane or naked gun it just it has so many jokes in it you have to watch this episode multiple times uh everything like uh there's like these little small these little small things that are put in there is like running jokes through there like homer seducing marge is like marge i just had a couple of beers <laughs> and, and, and like, that's a really good homer <laughs> i just watched volleyball on you know like it's it's just all of these and then um uh at the end rainier wolf castles uh child actor uh bratwurst commercial oh. <laughs> my bratwurst has the first name it's f-r-i-t and it's a long name <laughs> a long german name f-a-r-t-a-z-a-t it's going it's it is one of the it's one of those jokes that i'm i know it exists but i can never remember what episode it's in because it has nothing to do with, with anything yeah but um it's just i think that's this is you know, the big joke is the parody of Mary Poppins, but there's just so much great one-liners or or little small gags that recur through this whole thing that just make this episode, I think, so just so great. And uh, when it when I was watching The Simpsons in syndication, when this episode would come around, it's like, oh, oh boys, get in here! <laughs> it's the Sherry Bobbins episode, and it just every everything about it is is fantastic. Um, Eric, uh, I'm right up there with Phil. This is another top ten episode for me. I'm gonna be saying that some more times throughout this this, yeah. this record, but this is another yeah, top ten some... episode for me. One of my favorites of all time. It 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 does a great job of randomly out of nowhere parodying mary poppins but also like within the simpsons universe like it just does such a great job of it and um the music in the episode is fantastic all the songs are great there's a Um, lot of songs in this episode there's a lot of songs there's the whole thing with marge losing her hair where it's got like hair like that that song's in there at the beginning (laughs) And of course, buy me a beer, two oh, bucks a glass. That's, that's a I good sing, sound. I can yeah. sing that entire song. I won't do that, but I can sing all the voice I do. I do most part. Move it, you drunk, or I'll blast your air and I can do all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, the music in it's fantastic. Tons of just great jokes. I loved when. Um, you had mentioned it earlier. I can't remember the episode. Oh, I guess it was the Larry Burns episode, Phil, where you talked about Lisa kind of stooping to the low. And so after yeah. Sherry Bobbins leaves the first time and they immediately just go back to chaos, uh, she comes back and Lisa's just like sitting there and she's like, Lisa, why don't you go outside and play? And she's like, TV. I love when Lisa right. 
the Simpson in Lisa really comes out. It's it's rare, but when it comes out, it just it reminds you that yes, despite the fact that she's an eight year old genius, she is a Simpson through and through. She's a Simpson. Um, so I, I just I love that's like a little a little detail that I like in the episode. But again, you're right. It, my whole thing. What do you like about this episode? From second zero zero to to second twenty two, whatever, and however long the episode was, fantastic episode. Uh, I couldn't agree more with you guys. My favorite jokes from this are, of course, her getting hit by a plane at the end and Marge's <laughs> hair being a tumbleweed while Bart and um, are, are playing like uh, cowboys and everything. So those are my I, – I mean, there's there's a lot of great stuff in here. There's a Margaritaville joke <laughs> by Barney. Like, it's, it's, it's a good episode. It's definitely up there as one of the greats. Um, speaking of one of the greats, uh, another inspiration for why we are discussing the eighth season of the Simpsons, itchy and scratchy and poochy show. Um, Eric, do you, you want to take this one again for the rundown? Yeah, sure. So, uh, itchy and scratchy is they're there. It's kind of like, it's still funny, but the kids are kind of not paying attention as much and, uh, Roger Myers Jr. is like, you know, with Krusty, they're like, we need to kind of freshen it up. So they do a test, a test uh, audience, and they're like, you know, they kind of eventually come around to, hey, we need a new character. So they come up with uh, Poochie, the cool dog. And uh, Homer voices Poochie, and it's going to be like the new Itchy and Scratchy character. And uh, he's not that popular, and he's a little too 90s in your face. And um, eventually he gets written off of the show. All right. Because uh, he dies and goes has to go. All right, he has to go back to his home planet, but he dies on the way. All right, um, Berg, you're actually up for for all right. impressions and so, everything. I think I mentioned this to you the other night when we were on Discord, our our Friday night Discord chat. This episode, when it originally aired, I did not like it. I remember watching it, kind of going, "Eh, it was okay." And now, and here's why. Here's part were you being kind of polite without I, saying you didn't like it, like everybody in the episode? <laughs> exactly. No, so here's the, so here's the thing, and I, I was going to say this during the last when we talked about the um, the Sherry Bobbins episode, but I I wanted to save it for this. So the Sherry Bobbins episode actually aired on a Friday night. It for really? whatever weird reason. It aired on a Friday night, and then two days later, this episode aired, he and I love the sh- correct. Wow, right? It was weird. It was for whatever reason they did a special Friday night episode of The Simpsons. Was it like Super Bowl weekend or something? No, it where, wasn't. Because it was it, Fox had the Super Bowl. No, because the next that the Sunday, just two days later, is when this episode aired. Yeah, so February seventh, like, uh, ninety-seven. Yeah. February 9th, ninety-seven. Wow. And I don't know why. I think I heard. I think there's a there's a Simpsons account I follow on Twitter, and I think they explained one time why because it's like the the record for like the shortest amount of time between new episodes. Um, but anyway, they um, I love the Sherry Bobbins episode so much, and this was just two days later. I think that I just had that fresh in my mind, and it wasn't until repeat viewings and syndication that I went from I'm not a big fan of this episode to oh hey this is another top ten episode of mine. <laughs> um, 
it's just it's so funny and uh i love homer as as poochie and i love him and his suggestions about well when he's not around the other character should be saying hey where's poochie where's poochie <laughs> i i love the joke about and i will do anytime like a parody site or a like, twitter account or something is like ask us a question i will always say is there a way to get out of the blank cd rom without using the wizard key i will and i'll replace the itchy and scratchy part with with whatever they are um like i will absolutely do that i love that joke um and of course, the the Poochie rap. Um, it's hey, it's me, Poochie D, and I rock the telly. I'm half Joe Camel and a third. Fight. That whole thing is just it's great. And then of course, uh, whenever someone dies untimely in a show, uh, and of course the occasional real life person, I have to always include the whole <laughs> just the gif of the the Poochie cell going just moving off. I have to do that. It's such a great joke. And of course, Roy Simpson, a, a nice meta joke about a show which at that time had been on for an unprecedented eight seasons uh, for a, for an animated show and really any show. Um, you know, just kind of, oh, hey, we're going to introduce a new character and old, old Roy Simpson comes along. Yes. I, I, I very do enjoy him floating around for the episode. <laughs> Shut up, Roy. <laughs> because he, he doesn't really do anything and it's like no, a no. joke within a joke. Of, like, they introduce a new thing for Itchy and Scratchy. They introduce the new thing for The Simpsons. And it's just this background joke because <laughs> it's it's kind of alluded to that he'll be the, like, voice for uh, Poochie. Because of the whole, like, he's the exact thing Poochie is. But it never comes to be and everything. Um, Phil, thoughts on the episode? Yes, I certainly do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, uh, uh, same thing. This this is another heavy hitter episode. I think this is something I think all Simpson fans would put up there with, like the monorail episode, or you know, just these these iconic things. Uh, and Roy is definitely one of my favorite jokes. That, uh, again, I can't explain to someone who hasn't seen it why it's hilarious. But everything from like like. <laughs> adding a, adding a character is desperate and in and pathetic and it, hey Mr. S he's like oh, hey Roy <laughs> um, and the fact that Roy is like the guy who lives above the garage you kind of see him as that and and Homer's wearing his reading glasses so he looks like Mr. Cunningham from Happy Days it just all works perfectly without directly parodying something and and I think it's it's fantastic um, that. Uh, when they're watching the actual Poochie premiere, and uh, and Millhouse goes, "When are they gonna get to the fireworks factory?" And starts crying. It is it is one of the funniest things ever. Uh, and then, like, just to talk about what you were uh, talking about earlier with the the writers, the Harvard writers in, yeah. in the um, in all the story meetings, and they're oh. you know they. They start insulting the the executives, and the guy's like, "I'm fired." <laughs> yep. Yeah. Good oh, yeah. <laughs> also, this 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 episode was written by David X. Cohen, and if anyone mm-hmm. knows the reference, oh, big to that, Futurama guy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Big on Futurama and everything. So, um, there, there's also another fun fact on this episode with the airing of the Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie show. The shows. 167th episode the simpsons surpassed the flintstones in the number of episodes produced for a oh, prime wow. time animated series i think that's even that even more timely 
and might important have been the reason they might have done that double. Yeah. I, I was trying to look up if there was a reason for that. Also, what was the Troy McClure gag in this episode? Because I saw that Phil Hartman's in this, but... Uh, he was auditioning uh, for the voice of Poochie. Right. Okay. I was trying to remember uh, the gag. From Christmas <laughs> Ape and Christmas Ape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a summer camp. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to remember that. Um, <laughs> uh, Love Phil Hartman so much, man. <laughs> uh, rest in peace. Uh, also, D- David X. Cohen, uh, graduate of Harvard with a BA in physics, uh, University of California, Berkeley, with an MS in computer sciences, um, and wrote several things for the Harvard Lampoon. As well. This was a time when um, a lot of TV comedies were hiring Harvard graduates. Yeah, because this was they, uh, because of the lampoon. Yeah, yeah. This uh, is before Futurama hired all of them. Conan O'Brien was a early Simpsons writer, mm-hmm. uh, and and I think I just think sitcoms across the board they were like, oh, snatch up these lampoon guys, and and so it was a lot of. It didn't always come across, but I that's what I loved about The Simpsons is they let them be smart. They let them really like trust their audience and yeah. things like that. Uh for me, I mean, you 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 kinda hit on my favorite moment of Homer does this whole speech thing that, that's actually a moving speech and then it gets completely cut is a great gag. Uh also this is the first instance of comic book guys catchphrase worst episode ever. <laughs> yep. So. Wow. Yep, that was in this episode. Um, hold on, there was uh, David X. Cohen, by the way, uh, still writing on Disenchantment, so still working on, on Matt Green mm-hmm. uh, yep. stuff. Um, there, there, there's a great back and forth between Bart leading into the worst episode ever. Bart, hey, I, I know it wasn't great, but what's... what? Yeah, but what right do you have to complain, comic book guy? As a lower viewer, I feel they owe me. Bart, what... They've given you thousands of hours of entertainment for free. What could they possibly owe you? I mean, if anything, you owe them. Comic book guy's response, worst episode ever. <laughs> 25 <laughs> years later, that exact conversation is still happening. Yes, it right, is. Right now, as we speak, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. Yeah. And that, that has been brought up for many people that complain about shows and everything that 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 argument, I think, is what should be like. You have to read it before posting anything on Twitter. Yes, <laughs> I I, th- I think that, that that could definitely be applied. Uh, going to the next episode, Homer's phobia. Uh, the family tries to sell a uh, old heirloom at a collection store. Why are they trying to sell it? Why did they? I I, I can't remember. Because there, there's so many times where it's like Bart like caught. I mean, did a ton of damage with like catching the like dryer on fire or something was that it was it yes okay uh, mm. uh it was the gas uh yeah blue, he was blue the gas running light. some kind of of uh lottery where he <laughs> had a number right. of balls in the dryer and it it jammed and like blew out the gas line and it it was a huge repair bill um uh, a collector's store and strike up a relationship with john the store owner the simpsons invite john over to their house um, to assess their belongings, Homer 
takes a liking to him. Marge then informs Homer that John is gay and he refuses to see him again. Afterwards, Homer notices changes in Bart's behavior and fears that John has turned Bart into a homosexual. Trying to make Bart manlier, they go to a they, they go on a hunting trip. There is a lot of other stuff that he takes him on first, which is hilarious. But uh, they get attacked by a herd of aggressive reindeer. Suddenly, John arrives to save the day. Homer then thanks John for saving his life and accepts him as a friend. Special guest star in this episode was John Waters. Um, Eric is up second. Phil, thoughts on this episode? <laughs> Ooh, uh, the old switcheroo there. Oh, I love this episode. I think I think this episode has aged so much better than a lot of stuff from the 90s that yeah. try to deal with a similar issue. Um, because it always shows Homer and his homophobia as just buffoonish. It's yeah. never, it's, it's hilarious, but it's hilarious because he's so ridiculous. And I actually, I, I, I think this, this show was super progressive for its time, uh, for doing this. There's some amazing jokes in here, uh, where uh, uh, John uses the word queer and Homer says, I resent you people for using that word. That was our <laughs> word for making fun of you. And, um, and, and he just says it all without realizing how ridiculous he is. It's, it's so good. John Waters is amazing casting. Um, and they even give him like the John Waters mustache, which I think, I think was just such a great touch. Uh, animation wise uh, it, and uh, go ahead Zanger it won four awards including an uh, Emmy award for outstanding animated program uh, for programs hour or less and a glad award for outstanding television parentheses individual episode in 1994 this was a very highly awarded season this episode contributed to that very award winning season that's that. uh that's awesome awesome to see it was it was recognized for that mm -hmm. um a, i think the best single line in this is um when he's going hunting and john offers a uh hat from daktari to him <laughs> and, uh, and he says hang on to it toy boy you're gonna need it when it starts raining naked ladies <laughs> <It is> just, <laughs> every every bit of aggression is so hilarious that he points towards john and john is just like the nicest guy that all the simpsons love it's it's just such a it's it's kind of a an uplifting simpsons episode that still manages to be like super funny and a little bit edgy mm -hmm. even so uh yeah i love this episode um i it was the first show first was the show's first episode to revolve entirely around a gay themed and received positive cr critical response for both humor and anti-homophobic messages. Sorry, I, I'm just reading yeah. more stuff about like the episode yeah. and how it was like its reception and everything. Uh, Eric, yeah. thoughts on the episode? Why I continue to get more accolades <laughs> for this episode? Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything Phil said. It, it was a fantastic episode. It still is. I, I like John Waters a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad grew up uh, near Baltimore. He grew up in a suburb of Baltimore, which 
John Waters is from Baltimore, so oh, he's he like kind of got there. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. So he he grew up, and of course, John Waters makes just like the schlockiest. Like they're very kitschy, but also like really dirty films. Uh, just like really kind of shocking, and uh, he's just a funny guy and a really good guy all around. So he basically, it was kind of like uh, um, how what's his name? How uh, Rodney Dangerfield was playing himself when he was Larry yeah. Burns earlier in the season. Uh, this is basically John Waters playing himself yeah. in the Simpsons universe. You know, just a slightly different backstory and everything. But I mean, this one, you know, his name is John and looks like John Waters. So, uh, but I think it's it's great. I think that um, the the jokes are good, and yeah, I I think this is aged so well. Um, especially now, I mean, in, in today in TV shows, movies, if you have a gay character, it's, it's a very common thing and it's not to be like, it's not like a big shocking plot point. It's just, this character happens to be gay. But in, you know, 25 years ago, that was a big deal. I mean, this was coming on the heels of Ellen coming out on her show. And of course we know how that kind of, kind of blacklisted her for a little bit. And, you know, it still kind of was a shocking thing. And of course, this were you know this was an animated show so it wasn't the exact same thing there was nobody coming out of the closet but at the same time it was still very kind of ahead of its time to be tackling what was considered still a somewhat taboo issue um in in entertainment so um kudos to to them for doing that and uh it's still a it's a very funny episode um i do like i just like honestly i don't really have a favorite part just everything john waters does is just him being John Waters and like like when he's at the store kind of going through all the different the kitschy items and stuff like that uh, just and everything like that uh, it just always kind of cracks me up him going to the Simpsons house and uh, pointing out it's like oh you, you're sitting yes. on a gold mine even you could you you might sir well, you my good friend would catch a fair mint uh, so yeah no just good episode all around big fan that when he's he's got the, yeah. the ray gun terrified <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Homer this is a great episode, and it and I, I truly do believe it, it was ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Um, as I said, I was reading over all the accolades and stuff it got and everything, and, and it was something that, that you didn't see much of. And I do agree with Phil. Um, Homer's phobia, phobia of the whole situation is, like, it's never hateful. It's more out of buffoonery and just complete misunderstanding. Ignorance, yeah. Yeah, it, it, ignorance. Not, 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 not saying that that's okay, but... It's, it's done in a way that by the end of it, Homer does learn his lesson and everything. Um, I my, my, my favorite thing is the sight gag of uh, John's outfit he's wearing when they first meet him. And it's Homer's old pin, pin pals. Oh, the pin pals. <laughs> they, 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 and he's like, can you believe somebody threw this out? And Marge is like, huh? Yeah. So that's another <laughs> continuity reference there. Yeah. So I, I I just I just always always like that Homer is completely oblivious to it. So great episode. Um definitely another high point. And moving on to another high point, Brother from Another Series. <laughs> Phil, do you want to try to do the description for this episode? Uh I uh I don't have it pulled up, but uh Well, neither can... does Eric most of the time, but I can do it for you if you want. You want me to just uh, ballpark it? Go for uh, it. Okay. Uh, uh, is sideshow Bob is is getting paroled? He can't he can't uh, find a job because he's tried to murder Bart Simpson so many times, and um, finally his brother Cecil shows up and offers him a job as the uh, construction supervisor on the new dam outside of Springfield. And throughout their 
conversations, we learned that uh, Cecil or Cecil, I guess, was he he originally wanted to be Krusty's sidekick, but he wasn't funny enough. And then uh, Bob kind of accidentally <clears throat> took his dream job from him. Uh, the whole time Bart is kind of stalking around, uh, looking for waiting for Bob to try to do something illegal so he can send him back to jail and feel safe again. And it turns out that he was just building a dam and Cecil was planning to blow up the dam, uh, steal a bunch of money, murder Bob and Bart, and pin it all on Sideshow Bob. Uh, special guests in this episode were Kelsey Grammer and David Hyde Pierce. And David Hyde Pierce. Mm -hmm. uh, we are on to Eric. Thoughts on the episode? On oh, the episode. Uh... Written by Ken Keeler. Just wanted to point, Dr. Ken Keeler, I guess, technically. <laughs> um, great episode. Uh, it's always a good time when Sideshow Bob is on. I still, the one thing continuity-wise that always bugged me is how he, he went straight. He was fine this episode. And even when he ended, there was no ill will towards Bart. And then it just went back to him trying to kill him over and over and over after that. So <laughs> this to me is like, because we start kind of going into weird, like, I don't know what I consider my own personal Simpsons canon. To me, this is like, this should have been the final Sideshow Bob appearance, at least as a killer. But then I'm like, I guess they couldn't really figure anything else out to do with him. Uh, but I love him in this episode. I, I love that they got David Hyde Pierce to do it. Uh, one of my favorite jokes, which I, apparently the writers got in big trouble for, was when they, you, they come back from commercial break and they have the title card like, oh, like yes. Frasier. And it says <laughs> Frasier is a popular sitcom on the NBC network. And... <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, being a Fox show, they should have been advertising a competing show's uh, or network's television show. Um, but that, that always got a laugh out of me. That's um, that's also one of, one of my favorites. Even though I haven't really watched Frasier that much, just having that joke be there was always amusing yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, I like when, when uh, Bob catches Bart and Lisa snooping around and, and takes him back home. And he's like, especially Lisa, but especially, especially Bart. Bart. <laughs> I just did that one. And then after that, well, I hope Bob fed you because I ate both of your dinners. Like just that string of, <laughs> of joke. That, those two great. jokes always crack me up. Um, yeah. Great episode. Uh, both, both, uh, uh, Fraser Crane and, uh, and Niles Crane, the brothers Crane did a great job as, as Terwilligers. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I, I've got nothing else to say. This is a great episode. I, I really enjoy the whole him, him dealing with building the dam and everything with the, uh, <laughs> the slack jawed yokels and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just all those jokes were so funny. And what would he call it? a savvy John instead of a Porter John? That they turned it into I don't a smoke. Remember. I, I, I swear it's Savvy John. He's like they turned the Savvy John into a smokehouse. Sometimes I just want to <laughs> coveralls that don't quite Great cover all. <laughs> so, and, and then the whole like so, sometimes I just want to you know destroy this town. It's just, it's just some, to, to him talking about destroying the town and everything. And yeah, it, it sets him up to be the bad guy. But then of course Cecil is, and then and. Also, the, the the joke at the end where Cecil's like, "Oh, tell him, tell him you'll you'll pay for this," and then Bob like is like, "You'll pay for this." He's like, "Wait a second. <laughs> uh, also, the whole when he's getting out of jail and he's probably thinking terrible things right now. I wonder if they still make that shampoo I like. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, next episode, we are on seventeen, so we got a little bit more to go. Uh, my sister sitter. Um, 
Lisa uh, wants to start babysitting, but Marge thinks she's too young. Flander er urgently needs a babysitter. Lisa uh, gets Lisa for the job. Flanders gives her a glowing review, and Lisa starts steady work. Uh, Then one evening, Lisa is put in charge of babysitting Bart and Maggie. Bart is outraged and embarks on a series of pranks. Bart refuses to go to bed. Lisa accidentally knocks him down the steps, dislocating his arm. Lisa tries to help him by transporting him in a wheelbarrow to Dr. Nick's. Bart falls out of the wheelbarrow, rolls down the hill, and the townspeople are mortified by Lisa. Uh, But Lisa continues to get jobs the following day. This one is another low point for me. I mean, it's got a ton of fun jokes, but it's just sort of a meh episode for me. So there's my quick review. I'll get my best joke in later. We're going to go to Phil... Uh, yeah, this was Did a low point for one. me, too. Oh, sorry. So, Eric's up. Sorry, <laughs> I, I really need to do a better job of keeping track of this. Well, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, well, you, I'll tell you what, Phil, you, you can keep going. You, you already okay. started, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have much to say about this one. This was, uh, unlike the last Lisa episode, uh, this one just, it, it was just kind of an empty episode. I think, I think the, the biggest... Uh, the the best joke I pulled out of it is when Marge and Homer are at the Squidport, and there's a uh, there's a shop. I always like the the store names in the backgrounds if you're paying yeah. attention. Uh, and there was one called My First Tattoo, and it was patronized by all children. There was children inside <laughs> and hanging out outside. It was just like that's that was the funniest gag that stuck with me. Uh, but again, I had never seen this episode before. I've I had no recollection of ever seeing it. I this is the origin of the Squidport, the the Springfield Squidport, yes. which <laughs> I had never seen. So uh, that was the big revelation for this episode. But uh, yeah, it, this just kind of was was a filler, I guess, for me. All right, Berg. I uh, I actually. This is probably my low point. I forgot this episode was in this season, and I think I I would put this as my lowest point, even below um, Lisa's date with density. Uh, just another kind of eh episode. Um, again, has some funny jokes. Like I like when uh, Lisa takes Bart to the emergency room, and Snake is there. It's like, oh, I accidentally <laughs> fell on some bullets <laughs> or uh the one with smithers where it was like he was what it was the joke where it's like she was like mr smithers can we go ahead of you and he's like i can't even remember what the joke was but it was uh he makes some reference to like yeah i kind of need to see this or like, i kind of need to go ahead of you or something like that and he like couldn't sit down i couldn't remember what it was but there was some joke there and i remember there was, like uh yeah there was a uh, kind of a sideways implication being made. Yeah, there. yeah. Uh, I was gonna yeah. say there was there was something, and it was very, uh, especially coming off of the episode we did. Just I was gonna, it's, kind of, yeah. it was very, it's in direct uh, <laughs> contrast to yeah. the progressive nature with John. Yeah, I was kind of beating around the bush. There was there was an implication that something was inside of something inside <laughs> <Yes>. of <laughs> so, <laughs> something has gone so. horribly wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, it, it, this was. I mean, again, it's funny. It's a funny episode when you kind of look at the grand scheme of Simpsons, but. It, as as far as season eight goes, it just was not. Yeah, this was this is my low point. I think. Um, my my favorite jokes just the the stuff at the Squidport. Um, the the visual gags with the whole different. Um, I mean, 
restaurants and uh, stores and everything, and then Moe's being there, but it's just a tunnel built yeah. to the actual <laughs> <Yeah>. Moe's. <Yes. laughs> to the actual Moe's. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that, and the whole yuppie person being in there, and Moe's like, you're a long way from home. I'll start <laughs> All right, um, moving on to Homer versus the 18th Amendment. Um, alcohol is banned thanks to a pre-existing law from uh, Springfield after Bart accidentally gets drunk at a parade. Rex Bannon is appointed as a great character, by the way. Um, appointed to replace Chief Wiggum as police chief to enforce the new law and stop Fat Tony from smuggling. Uh, Rex is successful, but then Homer starts smuggling alcohol. Eventually, Homer ends his bootlegging, approaches Wiggum, and plans to expose himself and restore Wiggum's good name. Homer is about to receive punishment by getting catapulted, but he is saved by um, an impassioned speech by Marge, and the liquor ban is uh, repealed is then revealed that the town the and then the town celebrates by getting drunk. Uh this was written by Take a Wild Guess anybody. John Schwartzwilder? Schwartzwilder. Yep. And I can tell you right now there's one key point that makes it to where you, this is obvious. Rex Banner is 100% a John Schwartzwilder thing. Like just just everything about that character is so Schwartzwildery. Um I think we are on to, f- you know what, Phil? I'm 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 just, just going to keep saying names. I'm trying to alternate, but I, I got mixed up with the last one. So, Phil, go ahead. Uh, it, one of the greats, the Beer Baron episode. Yes. It's um, I I don't know. It, it's it's a parody of the Untouchables without being a parody of the Untouchables. It's it's just that era of Simpsons that we're parodying it without hitting the story beats of the movie and and making this wholeheartedly a Simpsons episode. Uh, there's um, the, the, the best jokes in it are when, when Homer and Bart have the, have the uh, U-Haul full of beer and they're little, like, the Rex, little lugger. That's it, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, look at Rex banner. And then Bart goes, yeah, look at him aiming that stupid gun. <laughs> and the, the bullet comes through the windshield. Um, and, and uh, <laughs> Marge confronts Homer, and he goes, I'm "Not gonna lie to you, Marge. So long." <laughs> and then he just walks out of the room. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just stuff like that uh, peppered through this this whole episode. Is uh, it, this one's just a classic? All right, um, Eric. I, I agreed. Uh, this is, has Schwarzwelder written all over it. It's one of those where, like, I feel like I don't laugh out loud at it too much but it's but i'm laughing internally like it's one of those it's a very intelligently written episode i mean i am laughing out loud but i feel like there's a lot of smart humor and just in the writing and the wittiness of it um and uh i think it's great um i love when homer is (laughs) sitting there at night after he's run out of liquor to to um smuggle in and he's just brew air he's just you know distilling at that point and uh, it's, it's exploding in the middle of the night. And he's like trying to cover it up. He's like, oh, boo. Oh, excuse me. I just love him trying, trying to cover it up. Boy. Um, <laughs> that one last one where it's very clear he's given up. He's like, kaboom. <laughs> uh, yeah, great episode. Uh, Rex Bannon, 
favorite part of this episode for me, hands down. Also, the introduction of "Won't someone please think of the children?" from um, yep. Helen Lovejoy. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that's 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 the introduction of this. I th- I thought that was in the um a different episode, but it was this one. I thought it was in the burlesque episode, Bar After Dark, but it's in this one. Um, it this like, like I said, the best part of this is just just the jokes. They they come out a mile a minute. Um, one of the ones I love is is Mo opening the bar in St. Patrick's Day going, all right, where, where's all my designated drivers? All right, beat it. I don't have no room you not drinking. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, it's a great episode. Like I said, Rex Bannon for me is the greatest part of this because just everything he does is just so humorously funny and so over the top. Um, the, the part where he's sitting there like eating the, um, he, he has his like ice cream with a ton of like yeah, yeah, sparklers in stuff it. on it. He's not even excited. <laughs> and he, and he, he grabs Ned at one point too and thinks he's drunk because of all of his little idioms. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sarah, if you're talking about drunk, I'm like... <laughs> uh, and, then, and then the other thing is where he's sitting there and he's like, I'm going to catch you, Beer Baron. No, no, you won't. won't. <laughs> yes, I will. No. That shot of, by the way, of Springfield because he's up high and you can see it all. It's a really beautiful shot. That's great. Yeah. It, it also there's another one of the classic, um, the diner. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the <laughs> Nighthawks. Uh, yeah. uh, it's the Nighthawks painting by yep. Edward Hopper. Yeah. Yep. Great episode. Um, definitely a very high point. Uh, moving on to another one of my low points, in my opinion. Uh, grade school confidential. Eric, you want to do this one? Which one is grade school confidential? I'm blanking on what the episode is. Uh, Seymour Skinner and uh, Ender Kebab will strike up a, a conversation at a party oh, and take that's their, right and take a romantic interest in each other. <laughs> they are trying to keep the affair secret, but Bart sees them kissing. The following day, the couple hear Bart telling classmates about it and silence him uh, by. Del- and silence him by deleting his permanent record, which is of course a giant like folder. Uh, Bart, wait, don't don't they switch it with Millhouse? Millhouse, I yeah. think. Yeah, <laughs> Millhouse's name. Uh, Bart uh, becomes their go-between and exchanging love notes. He gets tired of this and exposes Skinner and Krabappel in the janitor's closet. Uh, um, locked in and passionate embrace. The word spreads across the town. Superintendent Chalmers. Uh, give Skinner an ultimatum, either end the relationship or face dismissal. Skinner admits to the fact that he is a virgin and the matter is cleared up. Uh, low point, though, it does have some great moments for me, in my opinion. Uh, I don't want to steal them, so I'll wait till after you two go to take it. I'm not, like I said, th- this episode's kind of just meh. And uh, Eric. Okay, thank you for, first of all, thank you for the, uh, the the refresher, because I was like, the episode, I was like, what episode, like, I don't even know what the title of that episode is. Um, I agree with you, it's not one of my favorite episodes this season. Um, it's got some some funny jokes, and it does, you know, in terms of continuity, it does establish that there's a relationship between uh, Skinner and Krabappel, which is which came up many more times uh, during the, the course of the show until uh, Marshall Wallace passed away and they retired the character. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, it, it has some laughs here and there. I, I like when uh, they're making each other, or like he's making her read the note, or Skinner makes Bart read the note in front of the class or whatever that was written to uh, to um, to Mrs. Krabappel, and they think it's him. And then of course, the joke of 
the them catching them making out in the closet and Ralph's whole thing. And, okay, and they were making babies, one. and I saw one of the babies. <laughs> All right, you took one of mine, so that's that that's that's one of my favorite moments from this episode. So, I got yeah, one more. So, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that was pretty much it. Again, like I said, I you said the title, and I was like, "What episode is this?" So yeah, it, you know, fu- funny episode. Definitely not one of my favorites of the season, though. Bill. I actually like this episode a lot. Um, oh. it's, it's it's not something I would I would lift up as like one of the all time great episodes, but I think uh, I think the end of it, like the last the last act of this this episode is I think brilliantly put together. Like the they're holed up in the school and and uh, <laughs> they're like, all right, uh, uh, bring in the speaker and it starts playing like romantic music. <laughs> <laughs> and then, we'll blast them out of there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they hit the spotlight and it it hits the uh, colander hanging in the cafeteria, and it just makes the most romantic scene. Uh, and they're they're just dancing. It is it is so funny because it's just the Springfield cops all over. Yeah. Wait a second. Um, is this is this the one where Homer gets on the megaphone? He's like Bart. He's like, let, let me handle this. Bart, do you know where the remote is? Okay, never, never mind. Mind. I have three it's in my pocket. Yeah, but it's, uh, uh, yeah. There's there's that. There's the um, the like I said, the whole dance scene, and then um, when when. Skinner is talking to Chalmers on the phone and he's like, well, let's leave it up to the townspeople. And he's like, oh, that'll be real productive. Who do you want to talk to first? The guy in the bumblebee costume or the guy with the bone in his hair? And it's just like, I love, um, and this comes around later this season too. I love when people remark on how ridiculous the citizens of Springfield are. Like it, it is just like that. It's not lost on them that their town is insane. This guy, this guy uh, is dressed up like a bumblebee every day of the year and is always in character. And I just think that is, that is one of the best like meta jokes uh, put in there. Uh, for me, one of my favorite, jo- my, one of my favorite jokes that was not mentioned yet was, um, them like announcing they're holding up at the school and the only person who's there is willie breaking and willie goes willie hails you willie doesn't care i don't care (laughs) (laughs) it it was just funny because it's just that's the that's perfect response um moving on question mark okay good we're gonna move on uh the canine mutiny bart gets a credit card and buys a well-trained new dog named laddie when bart could not pay the balance of the credit card. The bank repossesses um, everything, Laddie included. But instead of giving them Laddie, Bart gives the repo man, Santa's a little helper. Feeling guilty, Bart gives Laddie to the police and sets out to find Santa's a little helper. Finding him at a blind man's house, Bart tries to kidnap the dog, but instead the blind man alerts the police. When the police arrive, Laddie is with them, who is now a police dog, and sniffs out a bag of marijuana. Um, and the blind man gets arrested and Bart leaves with Santa's little helper. This is a meh episode for me. It's got funny moments. Uh, I'll say same. Yeah. I'll just jump in. Uh, this, this, this episode is funny. It's got, it's got funny lines to it. Uh, it overall just kind of makes me sad when he gets yeah. his dog away when he when he has his brand new dog 
And Santa's little helper stays outside wagging his tail all <laughs> freaking night. Uh, it drives me insane. I'm like, that poor dog. Um, it's it's kind of a sad episode, but it's got it's got some funny gags to it. It's just not a huge standout for me. All right, I yeah, I'm in agreement with all of you. I, I it's a it's a dark episode. It's very dark. It's very sad. Um, and this is really one of the earliest appearances of what is now commonly referred to as jerk ass Homer, where like Bart he's admitting that he he lost him and he's like starting to cry and he's like there there shut up boy like one of the most <laughs> harsh things in 32 seasons of the show that Homer has like ever said like your son is sitting there like sad and invulnerable and you're just like there there shut up boy <laughs> but it still makes me laugh but it's still like it's one of those things where like when, the more i've seen this episode it's not one i watch like like it's not one of my go-to's but like oh you know pops up every once in a while i'm like oh check it out i always i always when i get to that point i was just like man that was harsh right there but of course you know he's, then it follows it up well you could sit there and eat dog food until you cry out dog food or you can blah 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 blah, blah. it's like you're right dad and he runs out all oh, nuts i almost had him eating dog food. <laughs> okay um, i i was like i know that that's a beginning to a joke and i'm like i think it ends with him eating dog food <laughs> but then he actually didn't so. yes uh, he didn't all right um i'm gonna say moving on to a great episode uh, the old man and the Lisa. All right, you want to do this one, Berg? Uh, yes, Mr. Burns loses. He has to. Se- I'm trying to remember. He had to sell the power plant, correct? He loses or his fortune after bad. Lose it? After bad right. investments into a ton of stuff that is like turn of the century, which right. once again points to the writer of this episode being John Schwartzwilder. Yep. I I, I, it's been a while since I've watched this one. I was like, why did he lose his money? But that's right. Uh, so he ends up, uh, he was like speaking to like the young environmentalist club, which of course Lisa is a part of. And uh, she calls him a monster and everything like that, because of course everyone thinks he is. Uh, so then he ends up creating a, uh, or she kind of helps him talk to teach him about recycling and all that kind of stuff like that. And then uh, he is getting his fortune back by creating the little Lisa slurry company where he's basically just turning sea life into a seafood Lunch. slurry and, <laughs> and it has her face all over it. So she's more horrified than, uh, than ever before. Uh, and then he ends up buying his plant back and everything goes back to the status quo. And she refuses um, a check from him. Oh yes. That's right. Yeah. It ends because he was like, I'm going to offer you, what was it? 10%, which was a lot of money. It was like 1.2 million. And Homer, I've never heard of a man having four simultaneous heart attacks before. And then Homer is like, well, it was a lot. We sure could have used that $10,000, but uh, dad, yeah, 10% is in a cold blue. <laughs> <laughs> Side note, the guest star in this episode, uh, Bret Hart. Oh, oh yeah, that's right, because uh, he wanted to buy Burns' mansion. The guy buying the mansion, yep. yeah. Yep, so it, it is Bret Hart as that voice for like the two or three lines he has. Um, this is a great episode. Be next door to the Shrieking Sheik. Yes, <laughs> you can hear him yelling in the background. Yeah. <laughs> um, this this is a great episode. It's got a ton of very Schwarzenegger things with the whole what he invests in. Um, also, when Burns is being talked to about recycling, and it cuts <laughs> to the like encyclopedia in Burn, and it's like rutabaga oh, yeah. and then ragamuffin or something. <laughs> and it's 
it's just, it's so funny. Like, it's one of my funniest things. Also, him being, like, fish out of water burns is funny to me. Um, him going yes. shopping and being like, mm-hmm. oh, can I get the um, cereal with, with with my face burned? <laughs> oh, yes. Where can I find the burnzos? <laughs> <laughs> they don't have cereals for nobody. Um, <laughs> then it's ketchup, ketchup. Ketchup, catsup. Ketchup, catsup. All right, uh, Phil. I, I I I just jumped in there and did mine real quick. Phil, any thoughts uh, on this the, episode? The, the the grocery store was a big one for me because of the when he's looking for the Burnzos and then he sees the Count Chocula box and he's like, well, that kind of looks like me. <laughs> uh, but we have continuity again when he goes to the Simpson home and Maggie does a oh, uh, yeah. finger gun at him. Yep. <laughs> he's like, oh, it's the baby who shot me. <laughs> like four seasons earlier. Yeah, that, um, that is a good callback. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, th- this episode is funny. Seeing Seeing Mr. Burns in the nursing home while they're they're line dancing to Billy Ray Cyrus. Uh, uh, come join us, and and um, he's just like disgusted by everything. It's it's funny to watch him try to try to make his way in this world that all the rest of the people his age live in. Um, but my favorite joke of this is is when they uh, they go to the recycling plant and they're leaving, and and they go we've. We've recycled enough paper to save one tree, and, and Skinner backs into a tree and knocks it over immediately. Also, also very, very Schwarzwelder joke, in my opinion. There, yeah, that's yeah. great. Um, moving on to the next episode in Marge, we trust. Uh, I, I didn't get to do my talk. Or did oh, I? yeah, I did. No, no, I go ahead. Yeah, good going, Zinger. Uh, yeah. No, I, I honestly, you already took everything. It's a great episode. The the, the jokes that you mentioned were what I was going to say. So, um, yeah, I'll just, I'm just going to throw my head in the ring one more time and say, yes, fantastic episode. All right, moving on okay. to in, <laughs> in Marjorie Trust. Um, Eric, do you want to do the rundown for this one, too? God, which one? Is this the one where she's a cop? All right, no, Marge she... is... Um, is concerned that Rever. Oh wait, Phil, do you want to do it? Oh yes, that's right. so that, that this is the thing. I I'm sitting there blanking. This is another one of my favorites. I'm completely blanking on why it was that was called. But yes, let's let Phil do it if he wants to. Uh yeah, Marge is uh bored. Everybody's bored by Reverend Lovejoy's uh, boring sermons, and Marge suggests that he kind of spices it up a little bit and and gets engaged with his parishioners again. And he's just explaining, oh, yeah, I, I grew bored with this um, because uh, uh, Ned Flanders basically warned me down. So so Marge starts giving advice to people who call in. At the same time, the B-plot is, is Homer. The best B-plot ever. Yes. 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 Uh, this is what makes the episode for me is, is Homer... And the kids go to the dump, and they find a box of Japanese, uh, is it dishwashing detergent? Something like that, yeah. And and it has a a face on it that looks exactly like Homer, and so they go on this quest to figure out why he is on this this box of of laundry soap, or dish soap, whatever. Um, And, uh, man, I'm going to need some help here, because I honestly don't remember how the... 
Uh, Reverend Lovejoy uh, storyline ends because I was so focused on the Mr. Sparkle. <laughs> so he, so Marge gives him advice to because uh, the the three bullies are writing are harassing. Oh, turns into duel. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. And so yeah, she, she they give it. She she he takes her advice, asks him to move along, which they're getting ready to do. So they end up harassing him. They cut the phone line. They chase him. Uh, and then he ends up at the zoo, and then uh, Reverend Lovejoy rescues Ned from Baboon County, USA, and uh, that then that's his next sermon is is uh, is basically him retelling it. And everyone's on the edge of their seats, uh, and also uh, Homer discovers that he's Mister Sparkle just because of a merging of two conglomerate mascots of of Matsumura Fishworks and Tamarabuchi Heavy Manufacturing Concern. Um, Factoring concerns is what yes. got me. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, also, uh, voice in this episode is Frank Welker uh, as the baboons. Uh, Frank Welker. Oh, cool. That's uh, a cool. That's a cool. T- uh, well, I, I was just about to say I've only been pointing out certain ones. I'm he, he's in there for any. Cre- I'm sure he was in the Laddie episode too, which I'll double check that in a second because he is known for doing a ton of animal voices as well as Fred from Scooby Doo and Nibbler. From Futurama, both his speaking voice and his um, over, I mean his his like creature voice too. No, the um, Lovejoy and Marge stuff's good, but the thing that just ties this all together is the Mister Sparkle thing because it's such an absurd plot. And the best part is, if I didn't realize it was in this episode, I would not have remembered it was from this episode. I like, could have swore it was in one of those episodes where they go to Japan. Yeah. No, it's it's completely its own thing because this is where the A and the B plot are completely separate from each other and like have one or two little instances of coming together. So, um, great episode. My favorite part from it would be, of course, just Mr. Sparkle a- a- explanation and the video that they get sent. Um, Phil, any thoughts on this episode? Yeah, I, for for me, I like the I like the ending that is that mocks uh, Duel, the the old Spielberg uh, movie Duel, where the guy's chased by the truck. Uh, <laughs> that's what Fl- Flanders being chased by the bullies just yeah. is like some of some of those shots are like almost direct ripoffs of Duel. Uh, I was uh, but, correct, yeah. by the way. Frank Welker was the voice of Laddie, and of course, <laughs> Sanders a little helper. So take that. Of Laddie, awesome. Yep. Uh, yeah, the uh, the Mister Sparkle promotional video that they sent them is just it is like Twin Peaks levels of insane, and I I just love it for that. That's that for me was the highlight of this episode. All right, uh, Eric. Yeah, great episode. Um, I do like the March stuff. I do think I do think March does a good job of shining in this episode. Um, but yes, I think the Mister Sparkle stuff is fantastic. Um. I love that whole commercial. It is so Japanese, and at the time, you know, this was this was a still very early on in the internet. A lot of people didn't have. I didn't have internet at this time, and so nowadays you could easily go on YouTube and find a million examples of that. But at the time, you know, it wasn't as easy to access any sort of media like that from Japan. And they, I think, they did a good job yeah. twenty five years ago of nailing that look and that style um, that was very Japanese. And um, another joke I love is when uh, they they are trying to track down Ned and they go to Donnie's Discount Gas because the price is like <laughs> one twenty and eight tenths 
or eight something tenths. like that. <laughs> the eight Donnie's discount gas. That one tenth was the discount. It was so good. So yeah, great, great episode. Love it. All right, moving on to, in my opinion, we're getting into a high point again, like very high point. Homer's enemy. Berg. All right. Uh, this is the tale of Frank Grimes. This is um, the young lad who, at the age of 10, was abandoned, and then on his birthday was in a silo explosion. He taught himself to hear and feel pain again. <laughs> and uh, through hard work and determination, last week he got his degree, his male correspondence degree in nuclear physics. Uh, so Mr. Burns sees this heartwarming story on kids, people, and is like, I want to make him my executive vice president. And of course, a day later, he hires a dog instead to do that. And it's like, you know what? Throw, uh, throw, just throw Frank Grimes in there somewhere. So, uh, Frank Grimes becomes a, a, just an employee of the, um, power plant and is immediately just turned off by Homer and his just incompetence and his laziness and his just complete lack of just any sort of common sense, um, so he eventually kind of comes up with a scheme to kind of out Homer as the idiot he is in front of the whole power plant. Another one of those where everyone's going to be there and who's running the plant kind of things. Um, but there's a contest to design a new power plant for kids, but he, he cuts up a flyer to make Homer think that it's for anyone. So Homer ends up winning the contest and it kind of snaps old Frank Grimes and he goes nuts and ends up touching some high voltage wires. Uh, barehanded and kills himself. Uh, also, Bart buys a factory for a dollar. Yes, I was, I was about to say there is a fun B <laughs> there plot. There is a B plot. <laughs> so yes, that is that is the episode of Homer's Enemy, my favorite Simpsons episode of all time. Nice, very very good. I'm I'm glad I got got you to describe it. You know what? Go ahead, give us your breakdown of it, sir. Uh, this episode to me is just like pure Simpsons. There is oh, no wait. Get- Sorry, one more thing you have to point out. This was written by John Schwartzwilder. Yep, this was his season. Yeah, yeah. He was, I, I he think was... there's other seasons that are more his, but yeah, this 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 is a solid season for him. Yeah. I'm going to look it up in the meantime. And and you know you you and I had talked about this before, and you know the whole thing was like when he writes Homer, he writes Homer as if he was a dog, <laughs> and that to me, the I think since you and I talked about that. This is the first time I've watched. I watched it like again, like right before we started recording. Um, this is the first time I've watched since I think we had this conversation. And you are right. This episode, more than any, Homer is like a dog who just wants to do good and be be a friend. But then this person just does not get it, and he keep, tries and tries and tries, and then he is dejected. But he still just wants to continue doing it. And there's this this wonderful like. Uh, like positive chaotic energy coming from Homer this this whole episode uh, and then of course the whole thing with Frank Grimes is this is one of those experiments of what if there was a person from the real world in the yes. Simpsons world yes. and it's him observing just how ridiculous it is and I, I really felt more than I ever had before when I watched it today I felt for Frank Grimes like I have felt like him before where I have like I feel like I have just busted my ass I feel like I have gone through hell and back. And then I see, I've seen people who I, in my opinion, are super incompetent and have a nice house or they have a better paying job than me. And I'm like, does no one else see just the sheer incompetence and idiocy of this person? And I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. And so I felt for Frank Grimes when I watched in this playthrough, uh, playthrough, like a video game, this watch through, um, 
but I still thought it was just, I still love it though. I think it's great. Uh, I love the nods to the continuity where he invites Frank Grimes over and he sees the picture of him with Gerald Ford and with the smashing <laughs> pumpkins in outer space. And then he's like, he's just getting more and more flabbergasted. You want to see my Grammy? And <laughs> just, it's, it's so good. Um, I, everything about it, and I, there, I, there's too many jokes for me to to pinpoint. Because I'm just gonna say, we, I mean, we've been going a while, and I would just continue going on with like the entire episode. So uh, I'll I'll pass it to you too. But it just it's my favorite episode of The Simpsons of all time, and I absolutely love it. Phil, go ahead. Uh, I I don't know if I have anything to add to that. That it's I don't know if it's my absolute favorite but it is right up there and for a lot of the same reasons i also i watch it this morning and it's not just that i have never felt for frank grimes before but the idea of watching people fail upwards while while you bust your ass Mm -hmm. i think that also hit home and it makes me wonder if uh if america in general would feel more for Frank Grimes today than it did yes. 24, yes. 25 years ago. It, I feel like uh, we have been progressively watching people fail upwards <laughs> since this episode aired. And I think a lot of us could probably... Yes. Uh, this hits home really, really hard. And, uh, you know, we all have that person in the office who... You go, why are they uh, there? Or <laughs> maybe a person on TV or in politics or in the highest office in the land uh, 40 years ago. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, th- this this episode is, is uh, I mean, the, the top joke in it is the smash cut to Frank Grimes's headstone. <laughs> it is so dark and so shocking and hilarious at the same time uh, mr burns is sitting there by the grave with the dog that is still the executive vice president that, <laughs> yes. that yelled at frank grimes in this episode uh, it is just every everything about this episode is it's super smart and uh years ago on twitter uh a guy i follow who is the storyboard artist for the simpsons uh Luis escobar uh, he was talking something about dark comedy and he goes, can someone just, dis- you know, like describe exactly what dark comedy, he was looking to nail down a definition. And I pointed this episode out. I go, I would say this is a really dark, darkly comedic episode of the Simpsons. And he goes, Oh, I storyboarded this episode. I'm like, Oh my God, I feel like I'm talking to one of my personal heroes right now. Like you, you have no idea how much this episode, uh, uh, it, it has stuck with me. Since it first aired, so yeah, I, I'm the. I, I'll cut myself off, same as you, Berg. Uh, this this episode is fantastic, and it, you can dissect it on so many different levels. I mean, Homer is an incompetent jerk in this. He's almost a bad guy, but you let him slide because he doesn't mean to be. He doesn't right. even know how incompetent he, he is. It, and it goes back. Oh, no, no, sorry. Just, I, I think the one instance is when he's like chewing pencils and like yes. eating his lunch. Is like that's the most blatantly jerk thing. Everything else, he's just blissfully unaware. Right, and that and that's like being it's, and that kind of go, and that goes back to the whole him being a dog thing because sometimes yes. like dogs do that yes. and like and like <laughs> you sit there and you're like you want to be mad but it's like 
you got to remember, and this is saying someone who hasn't had a dog since I was, uh, since I was a kid, um, you know, you have to back up and go, they don't know. And I mean, Homer is a human, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's like when you think of him as a dog, you're like, you're mad at him. But at the same time, you're like, he doesn't know better. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. All right. So my, my things for this episode, you, you guys have hit everything. Um, I just want to point out Frank Welker's return to uh, play the executive vice president dog. <laughs> so he's back for that. Um, Hank Azaria voiced Frank Grimes, based some of the characters' characters' mannerisms on actor William H Macy, which is a reference to the last yes. time. Wow! To the um, continuity of Zingness. So last time Phil was on to discuss Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park Three. Yep. So there you go with that. Um, overall, great episode. Um, all the jokes, there's the continuity and everything. Bart's B story is just hilarious because it, yeah. it it has nothing to do with anything. And um, speaking of like how things are today, like the whole I barely got any sleep or you know I'm really tired. Eh, here's a nickel for the coffee thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna say this happened to me at work or anything. But there has been times where it's like I'm completely exhausted. I go get an energy drink. Yep. Do what? I also I also <laughs> like that uh, Millhouse goes. So this is my life now, and he yeah. goes, "I still, I still turned out better than my dad, or something like that." Like he, <laughs> oh, does, he yes. immediately references how sad Kirk, yeah. Kirk Van Houten is. All right, we're down to the final two here. Uh, the Simpsons spinoff showcase. Uh, we've got Chief Wiggum, Pi, Lovematic Grandpa, and the Simpsons Family Smile Time Variety Hour. Uh, this was one of those things they were doing I, I think they did this in lieu of a clip show for this season because i remember this yeah. was when they like had to like do clip shows a certain amount uh this is whole episode is hosted by troy mcclure uh best part of this for me is the chief wiggum and seymour skinners as, as detectives in new orleans the chief wiggum pi um in my opinion greatest part of this the other two i could take or leave it uh you guys on this one I, I guess Phil. Uh, Phil, go go ahead, uh, Phil. Yeah, I, for me, my just Troy McClure. I I referenced him earlier. Uh, Phil Hartman. I was a huge fan of Phil Hartman on on SNL. Uh, even some of the, like the the comedy movies he did that didn't fly real well. I always thought he was great in them. He was great on news radio. I really was upset when Phil Hartman died. Uh, and I miss him on The Simpsons, uh, Lionel Hutz and uh, <laughs> and Troy McClure especially. So anytime that Troy McClure shows up, uh, that's going to be a highlight. Even in like I think I think the the joke of these shows, these terrible shows existing, is the main joke of these. None of the things that happen within them really like really like hang with me. They're just like, okay, I get it. It's funny. It would be funny if there was a Chief Wiggum PI or uh, a, a terrible variety hour like the Brady Bunch did back in the day uh, where, where a different actor came back. Mm-hmm. Is, like that, that is the one joke that kind of sick. But for me, it is just like Troy McClure. You may remember me from Son of Sanford and Son. And uh, <laughs> like, I don't remember what the other one was. But um yeah, R.I.P. Phil Hartman. I I I really miss, you know, I I really miss that that he. Not that I haven't watched a show for seasons, but 
but that he eventually was just not on the show anymore. And, and I, I love the era where he was. Oh, I, I also forgot the joke of, um, where they're like, we Fox had to have them fill, um, programming slots and the only slots that were filled were like the Simpsons X files and Melrose place. And there was a ton of blanks yep. everywhere else. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, um, 35 new shows to fill the remaining. Melrose, yeah. Melrose <laughs> for, for a lot of you kids who uh, don't remember, it's the one Fox show that has not been rebooted. So, um, yeah, it, it, yet. <laughs> yeah. I was like, didn't they, but no, that was 90210. 90210. I think. Yeah. Took a run at. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, Eric. I'm 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 currently looking up if they are working on a uh, reboot for Mellow's Price or not. So uh, this is so maybe not top ten, but this is like in a top twenty episode for me. I loved oh. this episode. I absolutely loved it. I loved and Phil, this is what you were talking about earlier. I loved the uh, especially in the first two the the pairings of Simpsons characters who aren't normally together. Like I loved the, that it wasn't just that uh, Chief Wiggum went down Melrose with Ralph, place. but it was his partner was Seymour Skinner. Boy. Yeah, and it was just, it's just like such a like. I mean, really, I, if they've interacted like when it was like the B Sharps or whatever, it was because Homer was there to kind of tie them together. But it was like this was like the two of them. It was together, everything like that. And then of course Mo and Grandpa Simpson in um, yeah. in the second oh. one. And I love the theme song to the to the love matic grandpa it's one of my favorite simpsons songs it's so funny it's very it reminds me very much of like the nanny uh a little bit yeah it is is. on at the time it's very much like the nanny um great and then the actual um so my best friend from college scott meyer scott meyer if you're listening shout out to you my friend love you to death he and i were roommates sophomore year and like we were the ones who like we'd be we'd be listening to the simpsons See like this, the albums of their songs. Like we listening to that in our room, and so Simpsons we went the blues. Yeah, the, there was that. There was that one, and then the actual there was a uh, Ghost and Sonic, and then Songs in the Key, where it was actual like albums of the songs from from the shows. And we would always, especially from the the three shows from this, we would always get together, or we'd always listen to that. And there's the whole thing where it's like they're going through the uh, the theme song in the Simpsons showcase. Where um, they're going through, and then Homer's uh, Homer's going. Where, where's Homer? Where is he at? I'm hiding from the, the, the ghost. I said a special ghost, Mister Tim Conway. What's a Tim Conway? Oh, about 120 pounds. We always quoted that line to each other all the time. It and we still do. We will text each other out of the blue and be like, "What's a Tim Conway?" Out of the blue, <laughs> all the time. And then of course the whole the the, the Springfield baggy pants players. Uh, Seymour uh, or, um, Smithers singing uh, "Crack That Whip," then oh, yeah. licorice, whip. Whip. and then of course <laughs> Jasper with oh, lollipop, 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 ow. Fun fact: when when I first signed up for Discord like five or six years ago, that was my icon was Jasper in the schoolboy uniform with the oh lollipop. Because I don't know why I had that picture. I think it was maybe my background at, on my work computer, and I just needed something, so I made it that. And for for years, it was that picture. So I love this episode. I think it's hilarious. And of course, at the end, and of course, Phil Hartman as Troy McClure ties it all together. Um, I think it's great. And of course, him talking kind of reference to the. Um, to the Flintstones talking about it. And of course, the special green spaceman known as Osmodiar, who only Homer can see. Isn't that right, Osmodiar? Damn straight, Troy, my man. So, <laughs> yeah, I love this episode. Uh, all right. Um, last episode of the season. 
I was about to say, this is also probably the longest episode of Zingness, so congratulations, everyone yes. involved. <laughs> if um, you have made it this far, we're on the home stretch. <laughs> yes, I, I, I thought this would be long, not this long, but hey, I mean, there's good stuff in here. Um, you get what you pay for. Exactly. <laughs> this is uh, quality and quantity. <laughs> uh, the Secret War of Lisa Simpson. Bart is enrolled in a military school after unintentionally pranking the entire town. After seeing the school, Lisa decides she wants to join too. Lisa is the first female cadet and therefore gets to stay in her own private barracks. The move creates resentment among the boys at the facility, and Bart refuses to speak to his sister. Later, Bart secretly apologizes and helps her train for a test. Lisa has trouble completing the test, and Bart publicly encourages her as... Um, as expressed by his own, um, sorry, I completely lost where I was. Uh, Bart, Bart publicly encourages her and she finally passes the test. So I want to say it's an okay final episode. I feel like some final season finale episodes of the Simpsons are meh. This is one of the meh ones. Also, Willem Dafoe guest voiced in this as the, yes. um, Drill Sergeant Commandant for the school. Uh, any thoughts? Eric, because we did fill the last time. Uh, just what, what you just said. Uh, in, in an episode with so many highs, I thought this was kind of a... Season. Not that it's a bad episode, but yeah. Well, the season um, finale. For a finale, this is just not a great one. I think this had this been in the middle of the season, even if it had switched places, because as you just heard me a minute or two ago, gushing about the Simpsons spinoff showcase, I always thought felt like that should have been the finale. It seemed like a finale episode. And I think if they'd even switched places, I might've held this higher. But I remember after going off of that high note, it's like, it's like going to a concert and opening, you know, with the red hot chili peppers and then closing with, you know, Joe and the boys. Uh, some random local band or something like that. Like I felt like they hit such a high note the episode before that with with going into this one, it was just kind of like a, oh, we don't really know where to place this one, so we're just going to place it at the end. Again, not to say that it's not hilarious. I love, I still love Bart's whole uh, lining up the, the megaphones yeah. to, uh, yeah. <laughs> to, to just make the whole town, everything just shatter all the bird testing 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 <laughs> and the ring in the ears lasting yeah. forever um, how long is it supposed to last <laughs> um and uh there was a there was a there was a joke or two i was thinking of because this is one i wish i wanted to try and watch beforehand because i hadn't watched it in forever and i didn't get a chance before we i recorded. forgot to watch this one too so um there's... so i'm kind i'm kind of blanking on it but i mean there, there are a few good jokes in there uh, I do, I do like when Bar a good Bart and Lisa team up episode, um, because it's for, of course, like any siblings, they squabble a lot. But I do like because they they do love each other, uh, and I do like when they come together like this. So, um, so I mean, it was it's it's an okay episode, but yes, yeah, as, as for a finale, especially for a season finale of such a great um, season, I I thought it kind of ended on a bit of a note. Agreed. Um, Phil, what about you? Yeah, same. Um, I I no way to end I like this episode. <laughs> I I I think I think this episode is fine. I as much as I like when Lisa, you know, lowers herself to the level of of Bart and Homer. I also like when Bart 
rises to the occasion and yes. and and sort of shows his sister that he loves her and and encourages her. I I think that's sort of like an uplifting part. This just isn't a a funny like like laugh out loud funny episode. Yeah, I think I think the the thing I laughed at the hardest was the mention of Gorilla's Choice Bananas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is one of those, it's one of those Simpsons jokes that is like, you know it's a Simpsons joke, uh, but I don't know what episode it's in. It's just like, I, I know, like another one from the season, uh, the Laddie episode, there's a line that I say all the time is Milhouse saying, you said I didn't have a goldfish, Bart, but where did I get the bowl? Where did I get the bowl? Like, we, we say that around my house all the time in context of nothing. And, and um, I could never have told you before I watched it this last week which episode that was in. And, and I feel like jokes that are funny in this episode are the same thing. They don't tie into the plot. They're just random Simpsons jokes. It's almost like they got to the end of the season. They had all these jokes left over, and they're like, "I just slap them together around this this weird military school plot." And um, so, there, yeah, there's 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 some funny stuff in here, but just the the episode as a whole, like you guys said, especially for a finale, it's just sort of like, eh, okay, I, I yeah. guess we're done." The, it, uh, I think a lot of times the kind of penultimate episodes of The Simpsons are better than than the yeah. actual finale. Uh four and a half foot summer was the finale to the previous season. I mean four four foot four uh, foot summer, two, four summer, foot two. two. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's an actual great episode. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was looking for a comparison. So I was looking at season um uh seven and nines was Who Shot No, it's not Who Shot Mr. Burns. Natural Born Kissers, which is Homer and Marge um basically going streaking oh, yeah. and stuff like that having so. sex in the public yes <laughs> um so no i mean this this episode i guess it's my favorite joke was and i'm not trying to remember if this was even from this season um when they were uh messing with the grenade launchers for like target practice and bart completely missed his target and he's like oh yeah and he's like no i didn't <laughs> And it cuts to skinner like standing beside his car but it's crater. just a crater blown up <laughs> Um, so that's, I, like, 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 like I said, this isn't, this, in, in a season filled with everything that this had, it's like the bad episodes are still like better than a lot of other seasons episodes, if that makes any sense. Oh yeah. In my yeah. opinion. Oh yeah. So, so, so to sum up this, this Zygnus episode, um, I think we have made the argument for why season eight of the Simpsons might be one of the greatest Sim- Simpson seasons and maybe one of the greatest seasons in television, in my opinion. So, yeah, I don't know if, if you guys had any final wrap up thoughts of this. I know we've recorded for a while now, but <laughs> any any final thoughts? I I can't think of anything else other than I've said it before on other episodes. Nope. What many is before. it? Right, I'm exactly. Sorry, I've, been, I've been here a while. <laughs> I, I've said this before on episodes. I've said it during this episode. This is my favorite season, and it contains. Not only my favorite episode, but probably most of my like top ten episodes. In fact, I probably said like eleven times tonight or twelve times. This is like in a top ten one, so yep. it, it's just chock full of good ones. Even the low points of the season are still definitely funny. Every episode is worth watching, um, but when the highs are high, they are just like 
unprecedented and still to this day 25 years later so right. uh, uh, i agree definitely watch awesome uh final thoughts phil you got anything else for us no yeah i mean it's all been said i mean this is i i don't think eric is is wrong i can't imagine uh I say that, but I'll go through it and be like, oh, wait, maybe <laughs> season six is it? No, th- I mean, th- like I said at the beginning, going through the list of episodes and just seeing what was here, I'm like, I'm like, these are the most, I, I, I hate, I hate ranking like your favorite, your absolute favorite, you know, but like for sure, some of the most iconic and memorable and just more jokes per mile in some of these episodes that stood out just going down the list. I'm like, I, I love that one. I love that one. I love that one. I don't know that one. Oh, I love that one though. You know, like that's me going through the, the episode listing. So yeah, I mean, just some of the, some of the all time greats are right here. So, uh, revisit it, revisit this era of the Simpsons in general. And, uh, you can't go wrong with this season. Now, as much praise, I want to say this real quick, as much praise as I am giving to Ken Keeler for his contributions, I do have to point out that his next episode of The Simpsons that he did after the spinoff showcase, um, because he did write one of those, is The Principal and the Pauper. So take that uh, as you will, mm-hmm. technically. Um, my, As I said, I, I want to do this episode because... It's it, it's a great season, and it came up so often recently that I felt it would be great to discuss it. So th- 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 this this did go long. I thought this was going to go long. I didn't think it was going to go this long, but you know what? It's 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 a great thing. Uh, before we go, uh, Phil, where can people find more from you? And I want you to because um, once this is released, I will have released the images that you did of me, Eric, and Ellie. So if you want to give a quick rundown of your inspiration and stuff for that, I'd I'd love to hear it. So. Uh, my inspiration is uh, uh, you said Dross has these characters, and, <laughs> and uh, that's that's uh, essentially what I did. Okay, cool. I, I didn't um, know if there's anything deeper. <laughs> no, not really. I uh, I I had a good time uh, going. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, let's see. They got the Mandalorian here, and uh, and Berg as uh, someone I've never heard of. I don't know how to interpret this. Um, uh, uh, yeah, that one. That was the one that was a little out of my you, purview you, you but, did uh, a great job you did a fantastic job because it's uh, me as for people listening it's me as chrono from uh from i am happy to hear that here. because I, I was not sure how, how good i did on it you did you, it's fantastic it's my head on on chrono's body or me dressed as chrono so it's perfect awesome it looked awesome right. so i was like oh it's amazing so yeah fantastic job i'm not giving you the wild hair too but i, <laughs> I wasn't sure how far to take it but um uh, for, for but me, yeah you can find uh uh Artwork from me. Um, you can find artwork that I'm selling. You can find rundowns on uh, the podcast I do with my son Austin, all on philrude.com. And you can get my social media handles from there. And or just listen to. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, five or six Zang this episodes, and I will turn up somewhere in that batch. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to be back for something soon, I know. I well, we, sure. we, we, we don't have anything solid yet, but I am 100% sure we can find something for you to either lovingly enjoy or despisingly hate. Um, on that note, have you seen Army of the Dead yet? I, uh, I swore off Zack Snyder after Man of Steel. I, I kept saying... 
this looks okay and uh, giving him the benefit of the doubt and uh I, I just don't like Zack Snyder as a filmmaker and I it's like a Michael Bay thing like I don't watch Michael Bay movies anymore I don't watch Roland Emmerich movies I don't watch Zack Snyder movies uh, they, just because they're all not my cup of tea I'm trying to be diplomatic here because I know a lot there's fandoms for all these people. Well, but uh, so, if you want to know a funny thing, are I think are you? No, I I skipped over that. And uh, what's that? I was about to say our unanimous decision for Zack Snyder was I think we all agreed Man of Steel was good. So awkward moment. Um, I, uh, yeah, uh, no, I know there's a, a big fan base for Man of Steel. Uh, but it wasn't for me. Uh, so I, I just said, uh, yeah, that's... I, I give him half credit on, like, Watchmen. Uh, I don't think Watchmen is is particularly great, but it's kind of passable. Um, but I think he misses the mark and misses the point a lot of times. Yeah. So, so no, I, I skipped Army of the Dead. Austin did watch it. He said it was, he said it was fun and okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was kind of curious because Tignataro's in it and <laughs> I think she's funny. I think she can be, I, I think she can play straight in that movie and have it be funny. But, um, that was about all I was curious about. So no, no, I, uh, uh, short answer. No, I passed on it. Okay. Yeah. So Eric, you, you were the Phil Rude stand in then for that episode. Congratulations. I was. I was. <laughs> um, you, you, you perfectly did hit, hit I the took mark. the celluloid bullet for you that time. <laughs> <laughs> took the I streaming bullet. Yeah, anything for you, buddy. <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> I uh, was wearing a cape though, strangely enough. Totally <laughs> okay. Well, some heroes do. So and uh, nothing else. No, I'm kidding. All right. On that horrifying note, where can people find more from you, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at Eric Berg and at Backlog Berg, and I'm not wearing a cape in any of those. Maybe one picture. No, I think there's one picture. I am somewhere in there, but it's way back. You're not gonna you're not gonna follow me anyway. But if, if, you, if you got curious, then <laughs> you might find a picture of me on a Halloween costume wearing a cape or something. But anyway, yes. Uh, you can also find Zygnus on all major podcatchers. Um, on uh, I was about to say Twitch, but um, yeah, you can find us on Twitch technically, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. So definitely check us out. And um, I'd like to congratulate everyone for this is officially the longest episode of Zingness. So if you made it to this point, you're a true fan. Um, if you made it to this point, you're a true host, Bill and Eric. And I'm sure Ellie is still somewhere not watching Endgame. So on that note, bye. Ruin the show!